later on in that message stream, I sent you a picture of me and April Wilkerson. Because now, mind you, I'm getting <laughs> this while I'm sitting in a patrol car working, <laughs> wishing I was at WorkbenchCon. What's up, Brandon? I don't even know I, when to come in anymore on this new song. I didn't hear it. All right. This might be the last time we play this song. <laughs> you heard. I don't know what it is. I heard like the initial little boom. Yeah. And then nothing. I, but you heard and the I, rim I, shot. I to, I, you yeah, heard, I heard the rim shot. Sad trombone. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, <sighs> I don't know. Whatever. Hold on. How about now? Oh, I, it's gone? Well, I could hear it a little bit when you were talking, but then you sounded like you were underwater. When I turned it up, it went way into the red. That's when you yeah, heard it. Yeah, it was very loud. So, okay. <laughs> so much Yay. success for the first, for, for the good, the new we're song. We're back to normal. <laughs> Hope you guys like that. <laughs> Welcome to episode and 37. And everyone is... Turned it off. Turned it off. Uh, I'm Mike Morazzo. That guy over there is Brandon Silvera. We're back. It's been a couple weeks. All kinds of shit's going on. We got stuff happening everywhere. Brandon had a big hot date on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving. and Thanksgiving? Valentine's Day <laughs> two weeks ago. So uh, I was sick last week. Winning today, I see. Alzheimer's is in the lead today. Um, and this could be this beer I'm drinking. I'm not really sure. It's funny. How I, strong is it? What? What? Uh, it's, what uh, hey, I'll show you what, what kind. You, what ABV we got? We got Sam Adams, um, okay. Old Fezwig, rich and spiced. And it's a 5.9 alcohol volume, which for me nice. is nice. like four beers. Um, I'm, uh, I'm drinking it in my wall control koozie that Ooh. I got from WorkbenchCon. Did you go somewhere this weekend? This past weekend? I feel like you went somewhere. I went to Pleasure Town, also known as WorkbenchCon. Right. We don't need to know what, what you and your wife do in the bedroom. That's between you guys. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> I got distracted by a text message. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Workbench con. Gross. Gross. That's You're getting nudes in the middle of the show. Cool. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. I wish. You know who else says <laughs> cool, cool? What, where's that from, by the way? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. Because the last, one of the last guys that worked at our department, Connor. Mm-hmm. He used to say he that say all that the time. Well. Yeah, he, he said it like show. all the time, and we didn't know where the hell he got it from. Yeah, Andy Samberg's character. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, cool, now cool, it makes cool, sense. Cool. It's right. a pretty funny show. It's a I really funny it. show. I, I, I didn't, enjoyed it. I think I maybe seen 10 episodes, and I laughed every time. So it's on my list to watch from the beginning to the end. The last One season, day. like the first couple episodes, happened like right after all the George Floyd stuff. So those oh. were a little tough to watch. But oh, yeah. Well, Did like they... every other show involving law enforcement was a little bit tough to watch when it came back after all that stuff. But you then know, they were it's... like, okay, now we can go back to our regular stuff and pretend like it didn't happen because we acknowledged it. We acknowledged it. So now not everyone's going to try to cancel us. And now we'll go back to what we were doing. It's interesting that you mentioned that. 
because I just today watched the new episode of Law and Order, which is one of I my favorite shows of all time. So I won't is it, ruin it for you. But is it great? New is cast, except for Anthony Anderson's back for his, you know, he still plays his detective. Yeah, they got to bring back some of the old heads. And Jack um, McCoy. You know. Yeah. So I enjoyed the first episode. But you can definitely tell that it's they're writing about what's going on in the world. Well, and which they have to basically. I mean, and that's what that show has always been about. Because they've always kind of done that. Right. Ripped from the even headlines. It says, even though it says that this is not, this does not it has nothing to do with what's actually going on. It has right. everything to do with what actually is going on. Yeah. So I think you'll like it. It's way better than organized crime, which I think should probably be pulled off the air. I like where that one's going. I kind of want to see how this season ends. Well, now you have to because it's like a train going off the I'm, rails and you just want to see oh, where yeah. it stops. I just have to keep watching. I am locked in. I think I read an article. I brushed past one in my Google feed in reference to them trying to save the show because it's absolutely, it's absolutely losing its viewers and everything else. So, Well, yeah, it, it's breaking from what Law & Order does. Every episode is a new case. They're trying to do one case throughout the course of a season, and now they're trying to bring it into a freaking second season. That's not what Law & Order has ever been. Well, I just wish Maloney... What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm freezing. Oh, speaking of freezing, first of all, I wish Christopher Maloney, his character, would go back to the normal Law & Order, but whatever. Um, speaking of freezing... While I'm at WorkbenchCon, I get this text. I'm actually going to read it to you because it's still on my phone. And I'm in the middle of a class. It was just, you know. The heat has been on, but when I get up this morning, the house was 54 degrees. I'm like, son of a bitch. That's not good. No adult in the house except my two adult children, but no one that could fix shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. This is the third fucking time in a month. The house the has dropped. We don't have a pilot light. We have what the fuck happened? I don't know a high efficiency furnace that. So haven't Doesn't I told you my, my to furnace me. story? No. Okay. Last month okay. I come home from work in the morning and it's like as soon as I walk in the house I'm like damn it's cold. So I run right to the thermostat and it says fifty nine degrees and I'm like motherfucker. So I go downstairs and shut off the furnace. I do a hard reset, you know. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. So I have a number on my furnace from a guy that when I built the shop, I pinched the air conditioner wire, putting up a wall. So this guy came out, and he actually fixed the problem, and he was great. He said, uh, do this, this, and this. Eliminate this run that you got in your shop, uh, and then cap this off. Here's some sheet metal to close that off. Here's a, a bucket of gunk that you put on the seams that stops airflow from escaping that'll help you get more air upstairs. This guy was very cool. And he charged me like a minimal amount. So I put his sticker, as you should, on the furnace mm -hmm. because his service was fantastic. It might have been his twin brother because I called this guy this, you know, last month, a few, like three weeks ago. Hey, dude, I just got home from work. It's 59 degrees in my house. I need you to come out today and try and fix this. He's like, all right, when can I come? I'm like, well, I'm going to bed. So I can call my wife, see if she can come home from work and all this other bullshit. He's like, all right, let me know. So he comes. I'm sleeping. 
I get up and I think the furnace is on, the house the heats back up. I had to go in my garage in the meantime and pull down two heaters. I got a ceramic, small ceramic heater, and then I got like a 1,500-watt uh, space heater. I put the 1,500-watt space heater in my bedroom because I was fucking freezing. I slept with long johns on, socks, and a T-shirt, and extra blankets on the bed. It was cold. Or is it so, poor circulation? It could be because I'm old. Yeah. So I get up, and it's warm. And I had asked my wife, if he fixes the furnace or after he fixes it, please come up to the room and turn off the heater in the room, for one, and then, like, remove some of the blankets that I piled on top of me. Well, she doesn't, so I wake up, like, early, sweating my ass off because I've got nine blankets on, long johns, T-shirts, socks, and the heater's still going on. So, anyways, that, it worked for the day. So I said to her, what, what did he do? Oh, um, he said that we had a dirty filter. And he cleaned something. Now, for those of you out there that have wives that don't know anything about technical stuff, if you get any work done at your house, please have the fucking technician handwrite a note that's legible. I don't care how many pages it takes that tells you exactly what was wrong and exactly what they did. Because when I get, hey, what was wrong? I don't know. He said something about a dirty filter and then he did something. But he charged us $250. I'm like, $250? What the fuck? So I come downstairs, and now I buy my filters for my furnace from, like, filter.com. And every two months, I replace the filter. And I have them in my shop, and they're dated when they go. I got really busy the last few months and forgot to change the filter. <laughs> so one, it was really clogged. So this guy, technician, it turns out it wasn't even the owner. He took out the filter, the dirty filter, put it on the floor, Think he vacuumed the fucking furnace out. I have no idea. And then he left. Charged us $250 for that. So a couple of days go by, and I come downstairs, and I'm like, I wonder where he got the extra filter. Maybe they carry him in their truck or whatever. So I open the filter door. Not even a filter in the furnace. He took mine out, threw it on the ground, said, give me $250, and left. So I take one of my filters out. I put it in the furnace. And I was pissed. I told Kim. And then, doesn't fail, a week later, come home from work. And when I came home from work this time, I worked 12, got up. I, you know, I worked 12, got forced back after two hours of sleep to work 18, to work 12, to, you know, then get off work and work another 12. So I come home Monday after working 40-something hours in three days, and it's fucking freezing in my house. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I go to the furnace, the thermostat. It's 59 degrees in the house. I call this fucking guy right up. Hey, man, you fixed my furnace for $250? It's 59 degrees. Oh, man, I'm really sorry. I'll send the tech out. I go, no, you won't. You come out to my house. Oh, I guess I could do that. What time? I said, don't know. Got to call my wife, see if she'll be home, because I got to go to bed. I've been, been up for like, you know, 30-something hours out of, with four hours of sleep. He goes, all right. So he comes. Dude, I slept for 12 hours. I wake up at 8 o'clock at night. It's still kind of chilly in my house. I go downstairs. Kim says, he said we need a thermostat, and he charged us another $100. I said, did you give it to him? She said, yeah. 
She said, this is what she said to him. $100? I just gave you $250, and you didn't fix my furnace. And he goes, well, I'll be right back with your receipt. Went out to the truck, came back, <laughs> still charged her another $100. So for $350, my furnace still isn't working. So when she tells me, he says we need a thermostat, I look at my watch. It's 8 o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm all fuck up, fucked up from not sleeping and then sleeping too long. I got to run to Home Depot before they close at 9 and find a thermostat. So I went to get one. I bought some Honeywell, Wi-Fi, not too expensive. Put it in. That solved the problem until Saturday when my daughter texted me and said it's 54 degrees in the house. So I got that text, and I'm like, okay, do this. Go down, shut off the furnace, shut off the thermostat, let it sit for an hour. It's already cold anyways. Turn it back on. So then it bumped it back up to 64. So yesterday when I got home from Atlanta, I went to the thermostat at 64 degrees. I'm like, what the fuck? Come back down, shutting it off. Did all the hard reset. I have an app on my phone for the thermostat. I used the app, and I was able to turn it back turn it back up to like 69 or 70 degrees. So right now it's actually holding at 68 degrees. That's where we keep the thermostat at. But I don't know what the fuck's going on, dude. Actually, now it says it dropped to 67 on my oh, shit. app, and I'm going to bump it up because it needs to be, it's going to get cold. So yeah. anyways, I need an HVAC guy. Not this Jagoff who charged me $350 and didn't fix shit. So anybody listening, if you know somebody and you have actually have my phone number or whatever, just text me if you're in the Elgin area. Oh, he's already you've already frozen to death by the time this stops. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I called the guy this morning before I went to bed, said I need you to come out, and then oh no, yesterday, Sunday before I went to bed. He never never um never called me back, so I don't know, dude. I'm anyways, that's my I got fucked story from a HVAC guy. That sounds awful. It's not fun, man. I got to find someone to come out here and do this shit. That's why I'm putting the sweater on because I'm freezing. Okay. That's the reason. Why don't you start <laughs> telling us about your week at work? Uh, so I have a recruit, but he's, uh, he's not a brand new one, not a baby recruit like I thought I was going to get. I have a guy that is on an extension, uh, not because he's an idiot, but because he, uh, he had a kid in the middle of FTO, which, you know, everyone should do because you're not stressed out enough. So he got extended mainly to check the box for time in the program versus performance. So he's been riding with me for two weeks and I looked at him in the middle of the first week. And I go, why the hell were you extended again? Like, oh yeah. Cause I had the kid and I had to quarantine cause of COVID. I'm like, shit. Uh. So, He's been fine for two weeks. He starts playing Good. clothes tomorrow. So that means I get two weeks of riding around in a T-shirt and jeans. So nice. That'll be nice. And then it'll be two weeks until the baby recruits rotate to their second phase uh, FTO. So I get two weeks off, and that's probably when we're going to do our epoxy countertops. Oh, very that two later. weeks. That's called, a, that's called a tease in the biz. Yes, it is. I wish I had some teaser music, but does that even exist? Sure, there's some kind of suspenseful. What teaser would teaser music. music sound like? Suspenseful. 
I don't know. This is going to wreck the whole show because now I'm going to be thinking of oh, this teaser music sound. It won't be the only thing that wrecks the show, so don't worry. It's already wrecked, man. <laughs> I think we wrecked with the intro music. Yeah, that was a crash uh, and burn. But no, he actually found a gun the other day. Well, he kind of fell into his lap. So we, we While he was driving? For, well, I mean, I mean, it is his gun. <laughs> no, we get a call for a freaking dude to sleep behind the wheel at a stoplight, and it's, you know, we get off at 1 a.m., it's almost 11. So I'm thinking, great, we're going to be here forever because it's going to be a DUI. And this is gonna, uh, it's just going to take all night. So while he's running him through FSEs, a partner's going to try to move the car out of the roadway. And for some reason, he looks in the center console looking for the key fob to make sure it's in there because it's a, it's a push to start. He opens it up. He goes, oh, shit. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, because there's a loaded gun in the center console. I'm like, cool, let's arrest him. Arrest him. Guns registered to him, but because, you know, California, he doesn't have a CCW. Oh. So he's illegally transporting a firearm. Um, admits to being super tired and smoking a little bit of weed a couple hours ago, which probably didn't help the sleepies, but blue zeros. Right. Yeah. Okay. Passed all the FSEs, like had no indications of that. So look, man, if we really wanted to push the issue, we could probably do the D- the drug DUI, but we're going to just arrest you for the gun stuff. And you'll be out probably even quicker. You'd be so, like, yeah. I'll take the DUI because it's just a traffic offense. <laughs> now, did you charge him with a UUW? I don't know That's what that an, is, Mike. I'm, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking California. Here in Illinois. Oh, yeah. A, we're the screwed up one. A UUW is an, it's an it's unauthorized use of weapon. And it's it, you don't actually have to use it, but... If someone in that predicament in Illinois, if they're intoxicated and they have a you know, concealed carry, if they are intoxicated, you can charge them with a UUW because they're not supposed to have their weapon on. Oh. And it's a felony. Okay. No, we okay. charged him with two misdemeanors because one of those, like one of those people that you're talking to him and stuff, and you're like, you're not a bad guy. Right, yeah. You're a stupid guy. Right, not bad. And you should have some sort of punishment, but... I don't think that we need to cause you to have to pay like $20,000 in fines for a DUI. Yeah. Well, that's nice. We're not going to go, we're not going to go the drug deuce route. We're going to go unauthorized or yeah. Carrying concealed firearm in a vehicle and carrying concealed firearm in a public place. Those are both misdemeanors. Those are both misdemeanors. Some of them are fact specific that could turn them into felonies, but he did not meet the threshold for that. So that was our fun thing. All right. Then we had, oh, (laughs) so a kid from my academy class. So he's been on for three years. Okay. We hear him get on the radio. Hey, I'm making a pedestrian stop at city hall because we were working downtown. And then he puts out that um, muffled, muffled. She's walking away and you can hear somebody screaming in the background. I reach over and I activate the lights and siren. And I go, just go code three to that. Cause he's, I mean like dude is teeny tiny. Like he could get up, he could get beat up by a girl. I'm like, okay, just go, just go. So we we're going and we hear my clicks and the, yeah, you know, like you're in a fight. So we land at city hall. We see his car. We don't see him. And we go, Oh, that's not good. 
And then all of a sudden, we see people like kind of gathering around the sandwich shop with their phones out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About thirty phones there. I haven't actually like scrubbed through Instagram to see if I can find the video because there's could be some video of me. Yeah, <laughs> standing there going, "Get an arm, <laughs> get an arm, get his arm, break it." <laughs> no, but we go in there and he's like doing the little dosy do with this with this dude. It's a dude and a chick. So he's doing like the little like I got one arm and I mean like we're just kind of spinning in circles shit. Yeah, he's never tackled anybody in his life. Like well, I don't football. think he could have tackled this guy. Oh, was he big? It dude? was considered well, no, but he's that small. So it's like, like Thanos, and he's just like flinging his arm yeah, and a little was, police yeah, officer slipping to, off. Yeah, he was going to have to figure out a bunch of different okay. ways to get leverage on him. But you know, he was hanging on for dear life. So a bunch of us go in there, get the guy in cuffs, and then. Turn around, and we, me and one other guy point to the chick, and we go, "Her too." And he goes, "Yep." <laughs> All right, hook her up, and then um, we asked him, "Like, dude, what was, like, what was the want? Why'd you stop this guy?" Mike, you want another want? <laughs> Wait. Um, the guy spit some gum out on the street and littering. It no, no. In my opinion, that would have been a more serious offense. Wow. It's a municipal code that we have in the city for um, walking on the wrong side of the sidewalk. He was not walking to the furthest, most right-hand portion. Yeah, that's legislated. That's I, I can't. Come yes. on. There's no law in California I, that is. says I have it's, to it's walk on the right code. side. It's a municipal code specific yeah. to my so, city. Right. Some idiot in a suit. Yes said, yes. when I'm walking down the street, the other person better be walking on the farthest right of his just half like of the sidewalk coming at just me. Just like a roadway. Just that like a roadway. is the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. You just topped anything I've heard for any municipal code Dumbest. ever. I stopped. And I this guy's acting I, on it. That's the problem. I stopped. I looked at him and I said, what? You're fighting with someone because they're just walking down the sidewalk. And he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, it's a good, it, it all municipal goes, they're misdemeanors, man. They're misdemeanors. I'm like, I walked away and saw the sergeant who happened to be a fill-in uh, FTO of mine when I was going through the program. And he goes, what was the one? I go, oh, you're going to have to go ask him yourself because you ain't going to believe this shit. <laughs> I'm not going there. And I, I'm not telling you. I've had you yell at me before. I don't need that shit again. <laughs> and he goes, walking wow. by and he goes, he gets it, and he comes back to me. He goes, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Dude, that's ridiculous. I agree. If he got I hurt agree. because some idiot is walking on the sidewalk. What if we had shot the guy? Yeah. What if it even worse. to that? So we get in the car afterwards, and I look at my recruit, and I, as I'm getting ready to say, don't ever do that, he looks at me and he goes, what the fuck, dude? Good. Yeah. I go, okay. I feel much better about you going into plain right. clothes next week if you yeah. can make that that connection. Yeah. And then we went inside the sandwich place and got Bami sandwiches because we were hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry now, so let's yeah. not talk about food. It's <laughs> those were, for me. Those were like the two fun things from the week. Wow. Nothing happened in the two weeks that we didn't talk? Those were the, kind of the big things. They're nothing okay. major. 
the the usual shenanigans and tomfoolery. It has been fun to listen to the new girl um, trying to use the radio and then getting ahead of herself. And then she tries to just talk fast to like catch up to her brain. Yeah. But it doesn't work. <laughs> so it's been, it's been fun. All right. So I got a, a few things from the th- three weeks that we haven't talked on the yeah, show. You've been getting in trouble, right? <laughs> My sergeant might be listening to the show because I think he listens now. My buddy Nick. See, you screwed that up. Yeah, don't Can't ever tell your listening. bosses that you have a show. <laughs> no. It's like no, like maybe three people in my agency know about this. I think you, you said that because I mentioned that I've been called into the sergeant's office more in one month with the new sergeant than in 23 years. But anyways, here's what I forget, and Nick knows this. I forget, now I trained him. Okay, one of the many. I forget when these guys make rank, there's no one in the department that, that's been there longer than me except three other guys. And half the command staff were hired with me. So we're friends, you know. Actually, all of the command staff. So I had said something. I don't know. Oh, I, here's the thing. And I already had discussed it with my boss. Came into work, and just so you guys know, we have a minimum manpower of four guys for our entire village. When we, we have only two beats, you call them beats, we call them zones. We have the east and the west zone. If you have a sergeant who takes no calls, unless, you know, we get too busy. and you There's have sergeants that take calls? Yeah. That's wild, yeah, man. There actually are in our, in our department that some of them, and Nick, Nick does as well. He helps out. But they're not actually expected to. So then you have three patrolmen, okay? So just play the game. Boss, three patrolmen. He assigns you to a zone. East, west, and then Rove. Rove yeah. goes to both sides and backs up, takes paper when the zone car's down, all that kind of stuff. So while we're doing this 12-hour shift stuff, you work four hours, eight hours a month longer, and then you have to take flex time, all that bullshit. So this one day we come in, and there's four of us, three, three officers and our boss. And he goes, okay, Mike, you're east, which, you know, I can't stand. Um, Dan, you're west. Dan didn't hear him. Dan's at the computer. Dan, you're west. And then, uh, Drew, you're rove until Geo comes in, and then Geo will be rove. And then I go, wait, we're going to have four patrolmen and a boss. Normally, we have two Can west. Can we go and, home? No, two <laughs> west and two east. Yeah. He goes, no, we're going to do two roves. I go, Don't what? you essentially have two west and two east then? I go, you have wait. A you... Rover west or rover east? No one's ever done that. And in front of the rookie, I go, that's stupid. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? I go, no one's ever done that. Two roves doesn't make any sense. You got two zone cars each. That's what. No, we're going to do two roves. So, later on that night, he calls me, and he's like, Hey, Mike, I know you're just kidding, but um, you really shouldn't no, say I'm that. No, I was serious. <laughs> you really shouldn't say that stuff in front of the rookie. And I go, you yeah, I say know. stupid shit in front of the rookie. Yeah. I go, I know. And I said, I already, so I had taken the rookie aside, and I said, listen, man, I forget that 
half these guys that made rank are now above me. They've all have way less time than me. I've trained them all. I for, we have a friend com- communication thing going there. I didn't mean to disrespect my sergeant in front of you because you should never do that. And he don't, goes, he, he, you know the thing I just did? Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And he's 33 years old. He knows better. <laughs> he's like, I would never do that. <laughs> like, like, no, okay, I, good. In fact, when you did it, I thought, man, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> right. Leave that stupid shit to me. So that day I came in, we had detectives were working over. They were working on a big case. They, they got some guy. So there was a ship bag and his girlfriend at a hotel. And they get in a fight. And then, the, like, the boyfriend goes to the bathroom. But he asks his girlfriend, hey, get my phone for me and give it to me. She's like, okay. She goes to his phone. And then she opens his phone. And then she, like, looks at pictures on his phone. And then she sees him raping her two young daughters and filming it. So, she came to the PD, obviously, and they arrested him. And the kids were four and seven, I think, the ages. So, he's in lockup and charged with four Class X felonies. Fucking state's attorney finally did their job. And before we start our tour, one of the day shift guys looks at the rookie and he goes, So, rookie... I'm going to ask you a question. Do you want to be a hero or do you want to have a 30-year career? Because there's a guy in the back that needs some attention. So if you want to be a hero, go be a hero. Otherwise, you know, good luck with your 30-year career. So he didn't become a hero, but hopefully... That motherfucker is getting his fucking brains beat in in jail. Well, hopefully he's getting his shit pushed in first. Yeah. Right out of yeah, training I mean, day. Fair is fair. Yeah. So, uh, then one call we had. Oof, it's kind of hard you to lighten up straight, after. You went straight <laughs> to, like, the most depressing, awful thing yeah. that could have been. That's and just me. you just went right for it. You just... You just Bam. Right in. Yeah, just bam. I, Mike is back. <laughs> the shit that we see, right? People, oh, yeah. But, and you know who I really feel is, I, fuck, I, this goes without saying. Children and the mom. Goes without saying. The second people I feel the most sorry for are my good friends, the detectives, who had to watch those fucking videos. Yeah. So, God bless, once again, God bless the men and women that do this fucking job. Because not everyone can do it. I'll just... All right. So I had this kind of a crash. I didn't... I assisted on a crash where we've got a six-lane... Highway with a center turn lane, right? So it's 45 to 50 miles an hour, three lanes in each direction, center turn lane. There's a semi-truck fully loaded. Mm-hmm, he's driving, and there's a guy in front of him doing some goofy shit. So first, I, the guy cuts him off in the south jurisdiction, just south of us. So the semi-truck gets into 
the left lane, inside lane, lane one, to get away from this guy. So then the guy's going pretty fast. He ends up going into lane three, the curb lane, this car. Somebody's in lane one. Then there's a middle lane. Then this car, lane three, curb lane. As they come into our town off of this bridge, there's a hotel right there on the right-hand side. And the semi-truck sees this guy kind of hitting his brakes. So the semi-truck thinks this guy is going to turn into the hotel. Instead, the guy does a U-turn on a six-lane highway right in front of a loaded semi doing 45 miles an hour. It's a bold move, Cotton. Holy shit. Yeah. I wouldn't do it, but man, he he just crushed that fucking car. Unbelievable. Uh, Somehow the guy lived. So that was a fun crash to work. Oh, here's the second calling into the office. From this one, this event, I'm the first car on the scene. It's, you know, whatever. It's late. It's dark. There's fucking cars everywhere. I get out. I park my squad in a good spot, and I get out. And now Drew shows up. It's his crash. We start the semi pulled into the middle in the the center turning lane. So he's off the lanes. And uh, I start calling for toes and stuff. But I'm walking around with no vest on. It's like no safety vest for people that know. Yeah, for for the listeners that don't know, or viewers that don't know, um, yeah. a traffic vest, the vest that Mike's referring to is a traffic vest that is neon yes, colored with reflective material on it. So you don't get hit by a car. Right. Which I have found that I have been almost hit by cars more often wearing that vest with than it. not. Right. Because, so, you know, shiny. Yeah. So it's like five degrees out. So I have a choice when I jump onto my squad. I can, I can grab the vest or I can grab my fucking jacket. I chose the jacket because it's I five degrees same outside. Choice. So I'm walking around with no reflective vest on and my boss gets out with his vest on. And these became a big deal, this whole vest thing, with the current mayoral administration. This cunt, excuse my language, shows up on one of our crashes because she lived right down the block. Huge crash scene back then and wonders why the police aren't wearing traffic safety vests. That was her concern. So then, of course, she had to press the chief who then had to press us that we all have them in our car now. So when I come in off the street after that crash to help out, hey, Mike, got a second? Right back into sergeant's office. (laughs) What's up, boss? He's like, do you have a traffic vest? I'm like, yeah. It doesn't fit over a coat, so I made a choice. Stay warm or wear a vest. I wore the coat. He's like, okay. Maybe we can get you one that goes over a coat. I go, maybe. Within the next 24 shifts I have to work, I'll get one that fits over my coat. He's like, okay, <laughs> good enough. And I left. So then I worked the whole... 900 hour weekend and we while i worked my full 12 hour shift on a friday i get told that i have to be back at one o'clock in the afternoon to work an 18 hour shift so i go home i sleep for two hours i come back to work afternoon shift get called to one of these hotels ship bag hotels for uh, a woman who's calling for help check for well-being we go to the door me and the other day shift guy, it's his call. Knock on the door. Now, I don't know about you, Brandon, lately, I don't like knocking on motel or hotel doors anymore. 
There's no good place to stand. I'm just anticipating gunfire out the windows, whatever, because this is an outdoor motel where the doors are all outside and they got yeah. big plate glass windows. Knock on the door, and an African American woman answers the door in a blanket. It's all she's wearing. Doesn't look distressed. No physical signs of anything. At first, she doesn't answer the door until I pound on the door and announce the police are here. I know you're in there. Just can we hurry this up? So I wanted to thank her for answering the door because technically she doesn't have to, whatever. So she answers the door. And I said, hey, we're just checking to see if everything's okay. We got a call for, to check on you. I think it was her boyfriend. She, she goes, I'm fine. Okay. Okay, bye. Then my partner goes, well, we don't know who it is. We don't know if that's the woman that we're supposed to be checking on. Right? Don't care. Right. So he goes, what's your name, ma'am? And she says, I had to write this down. All rights reserved. And I quote. (laughs) And I quote, all rights reserved. I go, what the fuck does that mean? She's like, all rights reserved. I go, you know what? I'm not putting up with this bullshit. Fuck you. I'm leaving. That's what I said to her. And we fucking left. And I called on, I called on the air. I'm like, some woman answered the door. Mrs. All rights reserved. Seemed okay. We're done. They're like, okay. Mrs. All rights reserved. What the fuck is that? I don't We don't have enough she's... bullshit going on. These fucking people got to answer the door like that and say that shit. I'm not invading anyone's rights. I'm just checking to see if she's okay for fuck's sake. That's why I like telling people. I'm like, we don't just show up. Someone somebody called a- me here. Somebody specifically asked right. for me to come to this place. And check on you. I don't, I don't want to be here. You don't want me here. So you is good? it like, do I call you Miss Reserved or Mrs. All I Rights Reserved? I think you just called her All Rights Reserved. Oh, I, yeah. I don't want to gender think, specify. Yeah. You don't know how she's identified God that forbid. Day. All right. Oh, had an Uber guy come into the PD. That's He's, never good. Yeah, it was funny. It was a black dude. He comes in. He goes, hey, I was wondering if you could do me a favor. I'm like, sure. What's up? He goes, uh, I just dropped off a fare at O'Hare. And he gave me a review saying I was drunk. And he goes, I think he's trying to get out of paying the fare. He goes, some stupid black kid. So that's what this guy says. I go. And I quote. Right. That's what he said. <laughs> I go, okay. Um, what do you want me to do? He goes, can you give me a breath test? I said, seems like a fair request, but I don't know. You know, we've got the PBTs, the portable ones. Yeah. I said, I can't hook you up to the main one because that's for, you know, court only and stuff. Yeah. He goes, well, can you find out? Preliminary one. Yeah. I go, well, let me go ask my lieutenant because my lieutenant was in. So I asked Jimmy, I'm like, hey, man, do me a favor. He's like, what? That Uber guy wants to uh, get a PBT. He's like, all right. I go, you got five seconds? He says, yeah, I'll do it for you. I go, all right. So... I wanted to record it for the guy, you know. So I told the guy, give me your phone, turn on the video recorder. And I said, this is Officer Morazzo at such and such a police department. This is so-and-so. He's taking a PBT right now to prove he's not intoxicated. He blew zeros. He's like, oh, thank you very much. You know, it was, it was a cool thing to do for someone that was, needs to fight this asshole who doesn't want to pay a fare. So he has yeah. proof to Uber that he wasn't drunk when this – piece of shit said he was 
So that I felt good doing that for the guy. That was pretty cool. All right. And then, you know, some woman called and said Danny had some woman called to speak to Dan and she wanted to complain about a bar that overserves her husband and that was responsible for his DUI. She's blaming it's not the his bar. Fault. It's she, not his fault. Right, it's not his fault. It's the bar's fault. And she wants a bar's, task force. Bar, specifically the bartender's fault. Right. She wants a task force to be put together to go sit in the bars and make sure they're not over-serving people. I volunteer. Because we've got nothing else to do. I volunteer. You're Can I be a part of this task force? Yes. <laughs> and we get to drink while we're watching these people. Say, are my drinks paid for? Of course. The department will pay for I it. Volunteer. It's part you of the task force. Wage. You just got to fly me out there. That's all you got to okay. do. I'm on it. Do you believe that shit? He couldn't get her off the phone. Like 25 minutes. She's rambling on about it. It's how it's our fault. We need to stop these bars from over-serving. It's not her husband's fault at all that he's fucking drinking and driving. No. Where do these people come from? Mars. It's like, <laughs> I, we had a teachable moment on a Friday. We got a call for a guy that was like allegedly kicking the door to a business. Okay. So we show up, and the dude's super chill. He's like, wow. He's like, she she really called the police. He's kind of drunk. She really called the police. I was just trying to get get my phone figured out. Like, I give you, I've paid you thousands of dollars, and you do this. Like, wow. Like, that's super, like, that kind of hurts. And he just kept, like, talking in circles and circles. And I'm sitting there against the car. And I'm just, I'm completely checked out. I'm like, okay. In, in the conversation. In, in the conversation. I let it go for like a good 20 minutes. I told the guy that was with him, I go, don't end this. I want to see if he can do it. And like 20 minutes later, I was like, all right, dude. Like, hey, man, really sorry that happened to you. I believe you. I think you're a good, I think you're a good dude. You're a really good guy. You know what? These people are assholes. You shouldn't give them any more money. And you should go somewhere else right now. All right, it's just like, well, yeah, we got to go, dude. Later. Yeah, got to go. Bye. So I look at him, he goes, goes, I couldn't figure out how to just stop the conversation. Just tell him you got to go. Right. Just tell him you got to go. You got to go. You got to end it. I I got shit to do. It's almost time for me to to leave. (laughs) I showed the rookie how to talk to someone, like, when they're ignorant. He's 33. He didn't know how to talk to somebody? Not like this. Uh, We get the call of the guy urinating in the hotel lobby. And we show well, I mean, up and up in there. He's now he's outside. He's in between some cars and, and he's having a physical, almost a physical altercation with his best friend. Kids, I, a I'm army in there. He's in the army. He's on leave or something. Okay. He's hammered. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the part where it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, Danny separates them. And then I call the guy over by us. And uh, one of the guys goes in to see if the, Hotel wants to sign complaints, you know, for like disorderly conduct or they don't want nothing to do with it. They just want him out. I'm like, all right, this guy's completely hammered. So that I make a connection with him, get his name, ask him what's wrong, all that kind of bullshit. And then the rookie comes over and he's supposed to be the one talking to him. So he tries to speak with him. And then the guy's like, I ain't talking to you, man. I'm talking to this guy. And he points to me. I'm like, <laughs> I guess I inherited him. So for the rest of the time, I'm walking around with him, waiting for an Uber, get him an Uber. He's like my best friend all of a sudden. And then we finally get him in a car peacefully, and we get him a mask, and we get him, like, it took about 20 minutes to get an Uber there and everything else. 
get them all calmed down. And then the, the kid, the rookie was watching me the whole time and next to me. And then after the kid goes away, he's like, wow, you really know, how, you should teach a class on how to speak to these people. <laughs> I'm like, it's verbal judo, dude. You'll learn it. Just yeah. pay attention. Right. Just Don't just be so shit. hard all the time. Yeah. So the last thing was uh, I got in a high-speed chase the other night. Again. Did you catch him? No. You're not very good at this. You, <laughs> that's not my fault. So I'm just saying. We get you're the call. You're over two. Of, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. This we year. Call, this, year this year. Over two this year. We get a call of some guys trying to break into a car. And you got to chase somebody for that? Yeah. Yeah, so... I fly God, over there with I my lights and sirens wish. on, hoping that they would like hear the sirens and then leave before I get there. <laughs> and not be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I come around the corner on the west side of the building off the side street on the west side, and I pull into the lot right there, and I don't see anything. And, and then all of a sudden, they both pull out from parking spots. <laughs> there they are. Yeah, so they fucking take off out of these spots, and they head east through the, this parking lot, which all these condominiums and stuff. And... So I call it in. They're heading eastbound towards this one street, the next street that's just east of us. And Danny's coming in off of that street. We were coming in on opposite ends. And they gun it and head right at him. They're not fucking around. He gets out of the way at the last second. And his, he told me later, he's fucking shit his pants. <laughs> they turn left and then they go northbound. And they're, so I'm, I fly past Danny. I'm calling it in now no one's behind me to call it in so it's just me giving the directions and doing the chase they're using their turn signals by the way <laughs> which i find they're hilarious. not gonna get that add-on they're not gonna get uh, that little it's hilarious but they get up to the main street and they go eastbound because it's the only way they can go and i'm i'm probably mm, two short blocks behind them and i'm moving so they're fucking flying get onto the main street and now I'm chasing them eastbound towards the city and uh, coming up to a busy intersection. And I, th- we've got two lanes and a left-hand turn lane that we're in. And then there's another two lanes coming towards me, coming westbound. And they go into the opposite lane of traffic around the car that's in the left-hand turn lane, the center lane, and the curb lane. And I could swear, Brandon, that they went southbound on that major street there. Because I just see them go like this, you know, and I'm like, they're going southbound on this street, and I'm, I got my lights and sirens on, and no one's giving a fuck and getting out of my way. I go around the people on the left-hand side, and then the people on the curb lane, they think they can just start driving again. I almost get T-boned by some fucking bitch who doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Now, I'm heading southbound. As soon as I turn southbound, I don't see them. I'm like, God damn it. They're probably still going eastbound. So I go down a few blocks. I go one block east, one block, then one block north, and I get back eastbound. And I fly eastbound, and I fly into the city. And they're fucking gone. I'm like, God damn it. So I lost them. But my boss never called me off, which is cool. This is the second one in a row. He didn't call me off. He was tailing me somewhere behind me. I don't know where the fuck he was. And then I, I have a new job at the police department. So I got to use my new job to check some stuff out. I am now one of the um, red light camera officers. So I get to issue red light tickets to people. So I have control. That sounds uh, awful. <laughs> it's actually fun. I've never written 300 tickets in a day until last week. <laughs> <laughs> so I have access to this intersection, and I can go to live cameras, and then I can actually 
go in and look back at any point of time at the live camera. So I went in and I was able to find out exactly where they went and see what they did and uh, tried to get a, a license plate from it. But they turned. So we have a red light camera facing eastbound traffic at the intersection. And then there's one for north and south traffic too. So they're heading eastbound and they, there's a left-hand turn lane and two lanes and a right-hand turn lane. They go in the left-hand turn lane and then they turn south in front of all the stopped cars that were going eastbound. So they didn't, their license plate didn't make it onto the camera. Mm. So I don't know if we can get them somewhere else, but that was fun. And then one last thing, um, some house cleaning stuff. A few weeks ago, some, I had to take a phone report for a guy who said his family was doing <laughs> housekeeping. Uh, you want me to fluff your pillow? What kind of hotel is this? You some guy called off? and had a, a long conversation with me in reference to his uncle who's performing voodoo against him. So that was fun. Voodoo, you say? I do. I, he said voodoo. They were doing voodoo against him. That voodoo you do. That you do. All right. So now that we're all caught up with that, uh, I have. we had a couple stories that we didn't get to the last few weeks that we actually recorded. So I'm only going to talk about one because I think it's very important in reference to what we do. And then I have one hero of the week from that same time period. Uh, the news story itself. We have a woman here in Illinois, Senator, right? A Democratic Senator who I can't stand. Her name's Tammy Duckworth. That's a funny name. <laughs> yeah. She's an army vet. I think she lost her legs in the service. So she's always wheeling herself around in a wheelchair. But I thought this was important. So a bipartisan bill was introduced by U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth. It aims to help families of police officers who die by suicide after a work-related trauma. The legislation would qualify these families for benefits that they would otherwise be denied. Uh, the bill called, it's called the Public Safety Officer Support Act of 2022, would designate PTSD or acute stress disorder as an injury sustained in the line of duty if the officer experienced a traumatic event and received a medical diagnosis. Duckworth told the Communist News Network that she was motivated to write the bill after the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. I thought it was the Clinton News Network. <laughs> no, it's Communist News Network. But they it don't could seem be to the be very pro-Russia. It's also I the think, Clinton. It's News. Probably yeah, Clinton. No. probably well, they Clinton. could they could be pro-China. I don't know. I don't They're know. also communists. They're very pro-Applebee's. I know that. Yeah. Four police officers who responded to the attack died by suicide uh, in the months after. Duckworth said, I'm looking forward to working with my colleagues to say, listen, this isn't about politics. This is just about taking care of those first responders who took care of us. I just, I'm blown away by this because most of them hate us. I was going to say, this, this seems like a pretty good thing. Right? That's why I wanted to call attention to it. Uh, the bill would so. make changes to benefit eligibility requirements for the Public Safety Officers Benefit Program, according to the Communist News Network. Currently, the bill says officers who have died or are disabled as a result of suicide or post-traumatic stress disorder do not qualify. That's what it says currently. Duckworth, who is a military veteran, 
believes more focus should be given to mental health issues among service members and first responders. Our first responders, our police officers in particular, need to be told that it's okay to ask for help, she told CNN. There's a whole culture of just, you know, shaking it off. This happens in the military, too. So I thought people should know about that. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Good job. Good job, Tammy. Yeah, good job, Tammy. Now go away. Oh, shit. Well, no, get this, get this piece of legislation through and then maybe go yeah, away. And then go away. Or continue oh. to do things like this. Yeah, change your political strategy. All right, so um, my hero of the week is an NYPD detective. NYPD detective shot in the leg, heroically shielded fellow cops from gunfire. The officers were executing a search warrant when they suddenly found themselves under fire. And this is becoming a prevalent issue with fucking guys serving warrants. That's why don't go do a warrant by yourself. I got guys at my last apartment. I'm going to go, I'm going to go grab this guy in a warrant. You want to go with? Um, yeah. Anybody else want to go? No, we only need two of us. I'm like, really? Two? Whatever. Thank God I'm still alive. A gutsy NYPD narcotics detective cheated death while protecting his colleagues' lives when a hulking gunman opened fire on cops, taking down a major Staten Island drug operation in the morning darkness. Detective Dominic Libretti, bleeding badly from a gunshot wound to his leg, spared his brothers in blue from harm by holding his ballistic shield in place as ex-con, and now current con, Nelson Pizarro squeezed off at least a dozen bullets at them from inside his second-floor bedroom at the end of a long hallway, police said. The decorated 10-year police veteran, married just four months ago, so he's been through some shit already, was taken into surgery for what NYPD surgeon Eli Kleinman described as a possibly career-ending injury and certainly a life-threatening injury that the hero officer was expected to survive. I have to highlight and emphasize the heroics of the detective who was shot and the extraordinary team of officers who were in a fight for their lives, said NYPD Commissioner Kichint Sewell. The 33-year-old cop became the second NYPD officer shot that week and the third hit by gunfire in the first 20 days of 2022. So, how about that? That's pretty badass. That's but pretty not as badass as our badass of the week. I'm going to say badass of the this month. This is the point in the show where Mike completely takes over. <laughs> Sorry, did you? No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You're on a roll. Go. No, I don't, I'm taking a break so you can talk about the guy who took a bullet and used his shield to save his fellow Well, officers. now I got to... That's what you just did. Yeah, but you wanted to say something about it, right? I thought it was pretty badass. But I do... I, Based on the tone of how that's written, I guarantee you... I, I, I didn't check where the, the source was on it, but I guarantee you it's a pro-law enforcement site. It's policeone.com. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I figured. That's where I get all my news from. <laughs> The hulking gunman has nothing to do with it. He was, he was big too. and scary. He was shooting a gun. That makes him big and scary. He was 6'3", 200 pounds, carries a rap sheet of seven prior New York arrests, but was not the target of the drug investigation. Doesn't matter if he was 
five four a buck twenty soaking wet. He was hulking. It's hulking. Hulking. <laughs> like for crying out loud. Could we be less corny when we do these things? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Specifically to police one, not necessarily us. We're just right, reading right. the words, but good lord, come on, police one. Do better. Uh, this next one has a video that's age restricted and only available on YouTube. So if anybody, there'll be a links in the, um, down below in on our thing, YouTube in the channel description and in our description that's what the of YouTubers our say. Yeah. This is from January 21st. It's been a while since we've done these knife wielding man stabs officer in the face. Go long. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I just forget to do them. There's that. Uh, the district attorney's office said the officer's use of force was clearly a last resort. So I mean, hey. knife knife wielding man stabs officer in the face and is fatally shot. He was such a good boy. He was turning his life around and going back to church and, and was going to go back to community college. And he was really turning his life around. And he was a good boy. He was a good boy. Springfield, Massachusetts. Hello. It He's started a with an... It started with a 911 call to the Spring, Springfield dispatch operator on Sunday morning, January See, 9th. somebody asked us to go somewhere. Right. A report of an attempted stabbing on two streets. Boy, that Some, sounds pretty serious. Sounds like we should go to that, Mike. Maybe we should. The call said, some guy just tried to stab me in the neck with a knife. The caller said to 911 operator, hurriedly at approximately 8.33 a.m., can't even get it's your coffee without getting stabbed. In, I know. What the fuck? Prompted by that initial 911 call, Springfield police officers Argel Falcon and Christopher J. Roberts responded. Argel Falcon? <laughs> Argel Falcon. damn name. Officer Falcon. You have to call me Falcon. Falcon. And then Roberts. Officer Roberts responded to the scene and quickly identified the suspect as Orlando Taylor III. Seen pacing up and down the street just outside his grandmother's house. Just 20 minutes later, the lives of everyone involved would be changed forever. Taylor would be fatally shot. Falcon would suffer a serious stab wound that doctors now say may result in permanent nerve damage. And Earlene Victoria Taylor, who watched it all unfold in front of her, would lose her grandson. Oh, that's still going. I was going to do the sad trombone. Here we go. She lost her grandson. Um, That just seems insensitive. It could be. Video footage released by the Hampton District Attorney's Office Friday from the two officers' body-worn cameras, as well as a nearby security camera, shows in detail the officers' interactions with Taylor Falcon being stabbed and then shooting Taylor as the officer ran backward, shouting for Taylor to drop the weapon as the suspect approached for a second time. From the moment the officers arrived, chaos ensued. Taylor appeared agitated in the video, ignores the commands from both officers to drop his weapon, a four-inch stiletto knife. He quickly turns on Falcon and stabs him in the neck as he runs past him down Janice Street. The officer pursues, after being stabbed in the neck, shouting for Taylor to stop while calling for backup and giving the location of the suspect. He's been stabbed in the neck, chasing after him, 
He's telling him to stop, and he's calling in his his location. Taylor is then seen on the video turning back towards the officers just outside Taylor's grandmother's house and runs toward Falcon for a second time. Both Roberts and Falcon start backing away, repeatedly shouting, drop the weapon, drop it. And then as Taylor closes in on Falcon with the knife for the second time, the officer fires two quick shots at close range, mortally wounding the 23-year-old who is seen dropping to the pavement. So... And then the state's attorney has to say that, or the district attorney has to say that they found that Falcon used the reasonable and necessary use of lethal force and that Falcon's use of deadly force was clearly the last resort. So uh, if you guys get a chance, there will be a link. This is a fucking crazy call, but that badass officer getting stabbed in the fucking face and then chasing the guy down and keeping his composure to give the location of the suspect and yell commands... It's pretty impressive. So that's pretty applaud, badass. It is pretty badass. I applaud him. So I I know we were done with the news. We went through the news port, but this is actually kind of breaking um, within oh. the last few hours. Okay. Out of uh, Sacramento, California, and uh, we've seen in the defund the police era or reimagining policing kind of yeah. thing how they want to send social workers out in our place. Correct. Yes. Because that's a great idea. Okay. okay. So uh, a lot of times uh, with domestic violence issues, uh, restraining orders are in place, and then you know you have kids involved, and then one half has to have supervised visits, correct? Yep. Okay. With a counselor, so is, right? Yes, with a counselor or some sort of social worker. Right. I'm sorry. Social. I meant to say social worker. Yeah. So in uh, Sacramento, California— a uh, man shot his three children under age 15, the social worker who was there supervising the visit, and then killed himself. Would have been nice to have a good guy with a gun there. So this is kind of unfolding as the show's going on, but this uh, colossal piece of human excrement uh, I guess already had a, there was already a restraining order in place, restraining him from his wife and he was granted supervised visitation. So at a local church in an area that I'm very familiar with. Did this happen in your city? No, no, no This happened in Sacramento. So I used to, I'm sorry. You said Sacramento yeah. in my early twenties. Um, counselor or uh, clinician or whoever the fuck is there supervising the visit. This guy pulls out a gun, kills the social worker, his three children, and then himself. Fucking piece of shit. So. Well, I started us off on a bad run with the fucking well, raping I mean, of two I, young I kinda, kids, and you just ended it, so. Yeah. You keeping up? Uh, Yeah, I just kind of, that was the only update is that it was a social worker. That's what No, I mean, me you're trying to keep up, up with. Keeping up with me with the bad stuff. Yeah. Which, by the yeah, way, I, mean, I, I need think you, rape is worse than this. <laughs> I need you to just discuss the officer and Salinas. Okay, so we actually, I was actually working when it happened. Okay. Um, and then and we'll we do the... A, so periodically we get um, BOLs be on the lookout for vehicles from, you know, other parts of the city, outside agencies, if it's a major case. And we 
got the alert of, hey, um, and they actually broadcast this one. But it was kind of weird. Like the way the dispatcher read it was like, oh, it's no biggie. Like this is not a major thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, so she goes, hey, uh, units, you know, stand by for, for an APB and all points bullet in. Hey, uh, be on the lookout for uh, this type of vehicle. This license plate uh, was all was involved in the shooting of a Salinas PD officer, or the fatal shooting of a Salinas PD officer. And everyone's kind of like, wait, what? Like you kind of breezed right past that. Like, come again? Like fatal? Because from where I work to Salinas is. I don't know, it's like an hour. It's like 60, 70 miles down down the freeway. Um, so instantly, I mean, I used to work for the city of Monterey. So being in Monterey County, you know, like five seconds from, from Salinas, uh, you get to know some of these people. Um, I personally know their chief. Um, so you're instantly starting to think, you know, you're instantly going to worst case scenarios as somebody I know. So I, I swear half our department is texting people because we have, you know, someone from my agency recently lateraled there. So it's like, Hey, check, get accountability of this guy. And then, you know, you're waiting to hear back and understandably, you know, nobody's answering because everybody's at the scene. Um, then it came out, uh, Jorge Alvarado jr. had spent two years with Salinas and prior to that four years with the city of Colma. Uh, he's a U.S. Army veteran. He's had combat deployments to Afghanistan and in two weeks was scheduled to marry his high school sweetheart. They had recently bought a house and we're recording this on the, what the hell is today? The, the 28th. 28th. Um, tonight was his procession from the coroner's office to the funeral home. So I haven't heard anything about a funeral or anything like that. I imagine it'd be sometime this week, but I'm going to try to grab my rookie and go down there. All right. Well, I, well because I think, but I, I do want to put out, um, the suspect is in custody and he is in custody because he, because Alvarado never left the fight. Even though he was critically hit, he was still putting rounds down range and on target, getting hits, forcing this guy to have to seek medical attention at a local hospital. That's how he was apprehended. So even if you're, even if you ultimately lose, you know, the battle, you can solve your own case. Never have a fight. Yeah, that, that's the mentality. And we've both trained with people who, in simunitions, that stop shooting back when they get hit, even in simunitions. And you got to drill into their head that you just keep going, keep going, keep going. So Your this body was a, will tell you when you're done. Yeah. Uh, this was a traffic stop. You said, we're gonna, I'm going to read about it, you know, coming up in the Officer Down Memorial page, but... Yeah, there's From, not a lot of there's not a ton of info that's been put out, but it was uh, okay. essentially a traffic stop, and you know he didn't screw up. It was one of those unavoidable. This asshole made the decision on how this was going to happen, and 
that's just the nature of a car stop. You're always operating behind. You're of always course. behind the curve. Yeah, we don't so know this what guy the person's going to do. Had a DV conviction, so shouldn't have even been owning a firearm or possessing it. So, yeah, he was. It's weird. And I'm going to go ahead and put money on the fact that it was probably one of these ghost guns. Yeah, right. Most likely. All right, well, let's get to the Officer Down Memorial sh uh, page, shall we? We're going to start off, we'll pick up on February 6th. And the first one will be Medina County Drug Task Force in Ohio. Agent John Dale Stayrook. End of watch Sunday, February 6th, 2022 from COVID-19. Agent Staybrook had served with the Medina County Drug Task Force for 15 years and had previously served with the Medway Drug Enforcement Agency for four years. He was survived by his wife, son, daughter, brother, sister, and two grandchildren. He was 60 years old and has a total of 19 years on the law enforcement. Lake County Sheriff's Office in South Dakota, Correctional Officer Braxton Hoffman. End of watch Monday, February 7th, 2022 from COVID-19. Officer Hoffman had served with the Lake County Sheriff's Office for two years and had previously served with the Minnehaha County Sheriff's Office and the Brookings County Sheriff's Office. He is survived by his parents and three brothers. He was 23 years old. Double Oak Police Department in Texas. Police Officer John Mestis. End of watch Monday, February 7th, 2022. Due to COVID-19. Police Officer John Mestis died as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty. Officer Sneed was Officer Mestis's field training officer when they both contracted COVID-19. Officer Mestis was a veteran of both the United States Army and the United States Air Force Reserves. He had served with the Double Oaks Police Department for three months and 15 years with the Hillsboro Police Department, Johnson County Sheriff's Office, Tarrant County Hospital District Police Department, and Somerville County Sheriff's Office. He is survived by his wife and four children. He was 45 years old. Corporal Shelley Gold, I'm sorry, Corporal Shelley Godbold of the Pentago Police Department in Texas. End of watch Thursday, February 10th, 2022 from COVID-19. Corporal Godbold had served at the Pentag geez, Pentago Police Department for over five years and had previously served with the Ulysses Police Department for eight years. She is survived by her daughter. She was 54 years old and served for a total of 13 years. 
Officer James McWhorter of the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, Office of Agricultural Law Enforcement in Florida, end of watch Saturday, February 12th, 2022. Cause of death was a vehicle crash. Officer James McWhorter was killed in a vehicle crash near the architectural, agricultural, oh my God, agricultural inspection station on I-95 in Yulee, Florida. He was crossing from the northbound inspection station to the southbound inspection station when his vehicle was struck by an oncoming pickup truck at about 8.30 p.m. All of the occupants of the truck suffered non-fatal injuries. Officer McWhorter had served with the Florida Department of Ag and Consumer Services for two and a half years. He is survived by his four children and fiance. He was 31 years old. Police Officer Lonnie Sneed of the Double Oak Police Department. February 15th, 2022 was his end of watch. From COVID-19, Officer Sneed was Officer Mestas' fielding training officer. Officer Sneed served at the Double Oak Police Department for six years and had previously served eight years with the Springtown Police Department and one year with the Rome Police Department. He is survived by his wife and five children. He was 50 years old. Corporal Keith Morgan of the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office in Alabama. End of watch February 16th, 2022. Corporal Keith Morgan died as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty. He had served with the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office for 12 years. He is survived by his wife and two daughters. He was 49 years old. Corrections Deputy Bridget Lachelle Hunter, Shelby County Sheriff's Office in Tennessee. End of watch, February 17th, 2022. Cause of death, COVID-19. Deputy Hunter had served with the Shelby County Sheriff's Office for over 30 years. She is survived by her two children. She was 57 years old. Police Officer Nicholas Vela of the Huntington Beach Police Department in California. End of watch, Saturday, February 19th, 2022. In an aircraft accident. Police Officer Nicholas Vela was killed in a police helicopter crash at about 6.30 p.m. He and another officer were responding to provide aerial support to the Newport Beach Police Department at the scene of a fight call. The helicopter lost at altitude and crashed into Newport Bay near 18th Street. Officer Vela and his partner were both pulled from the helicopter and transported to a local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. Officer Vela had served with the Huntington Police Department for 14 years and had previously served with the Laguna Beach Police Department for two years. He was survived by his wife and daughter. He was 44 years old. Deputy Constable Neil Adams of the San 
Jacinto County Constable's Office, Precinct 1 in Texas. End of watch, Wednesday, February 23rd. Cause of death, gunfire. Deputy Constable Neil Adams was shot and killed with his own service weapon after being attacked inside of the Plaza Americas Mall in the 7500 block of Bel Air Boulevard of Houston. The subject was able to disarm Deputy Adams and fatally shot him before 4 p.m. The man then fled to the mall's food court where he was shot and killed by two Houston police officers when he approached him or them, it should be, with an edged weapon. Deputy Adams had served with the San Jacinto County Constable's Office Precinct 1 for two years and was assigned as the agency's environmental officer. He had previously served with the San Jacinto County Sheriff's Office for eight years. He is survived by his wife. He was 62 years old. And then police officer Jorge David Alvarado Jr. Salinas Police Department, California. End of watch Friday, February 25th, 2022 by gunfire. Police officer Jorge Alvarado was shot and killed during a traffic stop near the intersection of Griffin Street and East Market Street. A subject opened fire on him during the incident and he was fatally shot. The subject was taken into custody. Thanks to Brandon, we have a more specific account of the story. Officer Alvarado was a U.S. Army veteran and had served with the Salinas Police Department for two years. He had served previously with the Colma Police Department for four years. He was 30 years old. That's it for the police officers. It looks like there were... There was uh, a canine. Brandon's bringing that up. Yeah. Uh, I think two of them, actually. So canine Nitro 2, Nitro 2, the York County Sheriff's Department in Nebraska. Uh, Nitro 2 was killed in a vehicle crash. The subject stole her handler's vehicle and intentionally drove into another car and a passing train on Delaware Avenue and 19th. So Nitro 2 was a year old and she had only been on for six months. And then we have K9 Maya from the West Jordan Police Department in Utah. Maya was shot and killed. At about 7 p.m. on Thursday, February 17th, while attempting to apprehend an armed man who had been the subject of an eight-hour-long manhunt. So at 11 p.m., the West Jordan Police Department received a report that a man had assaulted a woman and was holding her at gunpoint. The woman was able to escape, and while the man chased her, officers were able to intervene and rescue you, rescue her. <clears throat> The man then entered a vehicle and led officers on a vehicle pursuit. Due to the safety considerations, the officers terminated the pursuit. They located him a short time later, and another pursuit ensued that was also terminated for safety reasons. 
Officers contacted the suspect by phone. Man pretended to surrender, but then fled again, starting yet another pursuit. Spike strips were successfully deployed, causing the vehicle to come to a stop. The man then exited the car and fired at officers. Canine Maya was stuck, was struck and transported to a surgical center where she succumbed to her injuries. Officers returned fire, killing the subject. So Maya had served with the West Jordan Police Department for six years, and she was six years old. Wow. You know it's a long list when we run out of music. Yeah. So... Let's hope we don't have a repeat of that in the next couple couple weeks. Well, that does conclude our law enforcement portion of the show. And Some of it scene. very bad. And scene. And we're going to jump right into woodworking or something that has to do with woodworking. Yeah. So I made pantry doors finally. Woohoo! I saw the pictures, <laughs> and if you... I think I might still have them because I think you sent them to me in a text. Yeah, probably. Did you put them on your Instagram? I think so. All right. I don't know if I put them on. I don't know if I did a post with it or if I just did a story. If people want to see them, you know, I don't know if you want me to add them to the YouTube. Yeah, sure. Why not? You can throw them up there over my ugly mug. (laughs) That's not how we do things. I might actually do a post, like kind of showing the start of the kitchen renovation to where we are now. Uh, But no, I, I got those done finally. Um, it was a pain to find the the track because we used basically just a closet track to uh, to hang the doors, and apparently um, the like eighty something inches is kind of long, so I had to buy two, and then use my Ryobi um, rotary tool with a little cutoff wheel attachment to slice twenty inches off of one, and then line it up and drill like seven extra holes to secure it into a stud. <laughs> and uh, now they slide back and forth real nice. Uh, super happy with it. And uh, now, I think probably tomorrow, because it's getting late tonight, we're going to order the epoxy to do the uh, countertops. So that's going to be the next big thing. And then we got to figure out if we're going to do flooring or uh, paint the cabinets after that. I think flooring would probably be after that. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I, I made a, I made a little, uh, six pack tote, little beer caddy thing. And so I'm waiting for the polyurethane to dry on that because I used an oil based one. So <laughs> why so I bought this? I, okay. So I bought it when I bought the, this poly when I first like got into this stuff and it was just the first polyurethane I saw. I'm like, ah, fuck it, grab it. Uh, boy. And I used it, it once. It, it's good stuff. It's great stuff. It, it just, just sucks. takes three to four right. hours to dry. Yeah, I usually let it sit so, overnight. Yeah, and that's what I did last night is I, I did all the internal parts that I wouldn't be able to access once I put the thing together and then put it all together today, threw another coat on the outside, and now I'm waiting for that to dry so I can add one more coat. <laughs> I have a bill caddy, a beer caddy order for one of my buddies at work that he wants his badge number on it and his name and... I think you ordered it like 18 months ago. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to take a bunch of pictures of that once it's fully cured and I get the little bottle opener on there and Yeah. And then we'll uh list that on Etsy, but I uh we we made it I, I can say it cuz he doesn't listen to the show or anything like that, but it's for my brother-in-law for his birthday. <laughs> so you're saying your brother-in-law doesn't listen to the show? No, he doesn't. He's he's got other shit to do. 
He's okay. a nurse. You don't need to go any further. <laughs> Just kidding. He works at a county hospital, though, so I'll give him that. Oh, that's cool. So, so I'm looking then, at the picture uh, real mm-hmm. quick. I want to ask you, is it plywood? What? So it is half-inch plywood. Okay. And then I trimmed it out with um, some 1x3 and 1x4. Okay. To give it a little bit of depth. And they, one slides in front of the other? Yep. I, I can't tell from the picture. Yeah, so in the in. picture that you're looking at, oh, now the I door can see. on the right slides behind. Yeah, okay. Cool. So is it is one of those doors just a little bit bigger than the other one? So, you know, there's no, so no gap. The, the way, so the way they're both a little bit oversized, but okay. I got to re-put, I got to put the baseboards back on and then that will stop them pretty much perfect to where there's about a half inch um, overlap. Okay, cool. Nice. So turned out, it turned out way better than I was expecting. <laughs> Looks pretty cool. Yep. And then uh, if, since there are people that don't watch this on YouTube because, you know, they're listening what? in their cars. Right. I, you, you, audio show, you know. I am. I have some merch that I am wearing. So I was able to get onto printful.com. 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 We will put the link for anybody else that has a business that wants to try, check them out. Yeah, this is a great... These are all samples that I ordered of stuff to before I put it up on Etsy. So I um, was able to design a hat. It's all embroidered, which I, I'm digging it. Um, a t-shirt with a full-size logo on it that's... Uh, not vinyl. I forget what the hell they call this thing, but it's, I don't think it's silk screen either, but hmm. neither here nor there. Either way, t-shirt, big logo, hat stitching. We've got a beanie. And then I'm also, I also have designed up. I haven't loaded them onto Etsy yet. Um, a couple of different polos and uh, some hoodies. One cool. of them is going to be the um, the red, white, and blue logo. On an OD green hoodie. Oh. So with the logo about this size. So it's going to it's gonna look pretty cool. I'm pretty nice. excited for all this stuff. And the proceeds from all of this are going towards getting me to WorkbenchCon, which is something I missed out on, but Mike didn't. And if you're watching the audio, the video show, you can see on Mike's hat, he has he's not a Washington Commanders fan yet. No. Although I am but a fan of does, Ron Rivera because I he used does, to work with oh him. God, for fuck's sake. No. No. Stop it. Okay. I worked with so Ron Rivera. Look, look, no, no, a, no, 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 no. We worked no, together. No, no, shut it. So here's the thing. When Jeff Kent was a giant, I was a huge Jeff Kent fan. When Jason Jeff Schmidt fan. was a giant, huge, huge Jason Schmidt, Schmidt fan. When they went to the Dodgers, they were dead to me. The Commanders, formerly the Redskins, are, correct me if I'm wrong, are a huge rival with the Dallas Cowboys, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you're not allowed to like anybody on that team. That's I'm I'm drawing the line. No, you're not allowed to. Ron Rivera was a co-worker of mine. I don't care. He's a very good guy. I don't care. I coached a kid that pitched for the Dodgers, and I told him straight up, you're dead to me until you leave that team. Oh, boy. He won a freaking World Series ring with him. He I was can't. dead to me until he went to the Marlins. See, I can't do that. That's and now not I like the my kid. nature. Nice. Some of us have allegiances. Okay. But, yes, I am wearing the W on my hat. 
Yes, but that is not a Washington Commanders logo. That is a WorkbenchCon. WorkbenchCon logo. It's a trinket, I would call it. So, Mike, uh, how how was WorkbenchCon? And I'm going to go ahead and cut my mic and just listen. Did you really cut your mic, (laughs) you fucker? Oh, man. Um, It was probably one of the greatest... I'm just kidding. You know I can't shut up. (laughs) No. It's one of the greatest (laughs) weekends I've ever had in my life. So man, I have You've to had a thank lot of weekends under my belt. Yeah, it was also my birthday weekend because my birthday was Thursday. Yep, and I remembered your birthday. I know. Thank you very much. It was so. I was really proud of myself. <laughs> it was very nice of you to send me a message. By the way, thank you. Uh, I didn't get the gift yet, so I'm just waiting for that in the mail. That's oh, we'll get to that later. Fucking yeah. UPS. <laughs> uh, this was one of the coolest things. I, first of all, I want to thank my friend and host for the weekend, Joey Mayberry. Uh, Joey had found out months ago when I got the uh, ticket. He was on an IG Live with us pre-show, and I mentioned I was going. And he's like, hey, anybody that's coming can stay with me. And then I said, I'll do that because it'll save me probably $500. And uh, he's like, cool. He lives maybe three miles from where the convention was. And uh, so Thursday night, or I keep thinking night because I'm usually up at night. Thursday during the day, we fly out in the morning, my wife and I. And we got there an hour and a half delay because we had to de-ice the plane, of course. And check-in for the event is like 4 p.m. So we got to Joey's at about 2. And uh, then Joey and I headed over to the to the hotel and Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. He's having a senior moment live on air. Live on air. I have the schedule right here in front of me. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, Thursday you check in at uh, 4 p.m. And then they have a little, like, uh, after, like, drinks and stuff. I Before I left, I watched Zach Smith's video. Zach from Zach Builds, those of you who know Zach. I watched his video. He went to WorkbenchCon two years ago, and then he decided to film it. So he's in Toronto. He flies down there. And he brought his girlfriend because he thought it would be cool to bring his girlfriend to another city as he goes to enjoy WorkbenchCon. And I watched about, I don't know, 11 minutes of the video until he finally said, There's, I didn't see my girlfriend the whole time. And then other guys were commenting in his video, yeah, don't bring someone because you'll never see him. It's, you're, you're way too busy. <laughs> so before I left, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I've been reading these reviews about the conference. If you don't want to go, I'm not going to force you to go. And she's like, no, man, I want to go. I know I won't see you. So she's got friends down there in Atlanta. She wanted to visit anyways. So I'm like, all right, cool. So Joey and I get there on, on Thursday night. We check in. And first of all, we're starving. I'm hungry. So on our way before we leave for the thing, we went to go pick up lunch. And I sent you a text because he took me to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> because he's a good friend. He doesn't know of our Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, chicken sandwich you know, battle. I told him to watch the episode because you make me it's laugh. It's no battle. Chick-fil-A every single time. This is the third time I've had Chick-fil-A and the only time it was good. I tried the spicy chicken sandwich with the pepper jack cheese. There you and go. It, it was fantastic. So I, I had to send you a picture of the, of the sandwich. 
it's Jesus's chicken and you never sent me a picture of a sandwich. Yeah. And then your response yeah. was, he's a good friend getting you the superior chicken sandwich. Yes. Was superior laughing. was, I believe, all caps. Yeah, it was. I was laughing my ass off. So later on in that message stream, I sent you a picture of me and April Wilkerson. Because now, mind you, I'm getting this while I'm sitting in a patrol car working, <laughs> wishing I was at WorkbenchCon, just so we know what headspace I'm in. And, uh, you know, I figured, why not? I walk in and we see Mike Coffee and Pete and Dan Dunlap. I'm running into all these people. And uh, saying hi to Bao came up to say hi. He tapped, got me from behind. I didn't even know he was there. He came, I didn't know he was going. And Steve Clyde from SC Creates and the whole Matt Voltner and Trey, everybody. I didn't know all these people were going. So I was very excited to see everybody. And then I'm like, I want to get a beer. So the bar's on the far corner of the event. So I walk open over bar? there. Open bar. Well, oh. they give you a drink ticket as you're walking in. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not an open bar. No. They give you a drink ticket, and then you have to buy bar drinks. Okay. My first one's on me kind of thing. So, I, yeah, I got my first. I, I got my drink. stealing tickets, dude. Got my drink ticket, and I walk up to the bar, and just to the left of the bar, April Wilkerson is standing there, and I about and lost my shit. time stood still. <laughs> yes, it did. And you said, All like, was... earlier, the light came down. Yep. Right. Everything faded to black around her, and all there was. Wow, I'm just looking at the picture right now. And uh, wow. Mike, you can't do that on YouTube. Stop. <laughs> Anyways, I freak out. I tell jo Joey doesn't know who she is. Nice. Um, Joey doesn't know who she is. So I explain. She's like got a million and some odd followers on YouTube. She's fantastic. I started watching her when she was in her little garage. And it would be so mm -hmm. cute when she'd, you know, she'd complete a project or do something well. And she'd like chuckle or laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I walked, you, you said I forearmed about eight people to get to her. I, I said the over-under is at five. <laughs> five people that you, you stiff-armed out of the way. You weren't far off. I walk up, I, she's talking to somebody. I, I just kindly just sit there and wait for her to stop, and then she looks over at me. And Breathing I, heavy. Uh, <laughs> hi, April. I'm so hi. happy to, to see you. So my, my buddy Bill, my best friend in the whole world, he had joked to me, oh, you hoping to see your girlfriend, April Wilkerson? He follows her, watches her on YouTube channel. And I told him, I don't even know if she's there. I have no idea if she's going. And uh, so when I saw her, I introduced myself. I told her I was a big fan. I liked her work. And uh, she was inspiration to me. Uh, so we chatted for a few minutes, and I told her about my buddy Bill, ribbing me about it. And she goes, turn your camera on and face at you towards you recording on the video. And I did that. And then she pokes her head in, and she's like, hi, Bill. I'm just here with Mike at WorkbenchCon. Just wanted to stop in and say hi. And then she, like, fades out of the picture. I was laughing my ass off. And then you said, did you get me an autograph? And I'm like, no. No. I asked you. Oh, did you book her for so the show? So when's she coming on the show? Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I, I was so lovestruck. I forgot to ask. So then uh, you asked if she was really nice in person, and she was. She was so nice, and I saw her, you know, a few days, all three days. But um, for her to do that, I sent that video to Bill, and then I sent it to you, and you got mad because she didn't say hi, Brandon. 
Well, no, I'm sitting here working, and Mike's like, I met April Wilkerson. I met April. I met April. I'm going to send you a video. I'm going to send you a video real quick. And I'm thinking, like, oh, man, this guy's going to actually, like, he's going to get her to say hi. Like, that's going to be super cool. I'm, like, I'm super looking forward to this. I made my rookie drive me somewhere where I could, like, jump out of the car, go to the bathroom, and then watch this video. And it was taking a little bit of time because it was in the middle of rush hour traffic. (laughs) All right. I work in a major city. Rush hour traffic is a real thing. Yeah. So it took too long for Mike's liking. And he sends me a text like, did you check it yet? Did you watch the video yet? Did you see it? Huh? Huh? Did you? Did you? Did you? I'm like, dude, I'm freaking working. All right. So I, for- I forgot. So then so then I go and I view it and it's, hi, Bill. Like, Who the <laughs> fuck's Bill? <laughs> and you sent me the question, who's Bill? Like, who's Bill? <laughs> Who's my best friend? <laughs> You, dude. <laughs> uh, anyways, after that, my whole weekend, I could have just left, right? Drop the mic and walk out. I'm done. Yeah, you were done. You peaked too early. I'm at April. I'm done. So the rest of the evening went, you know, got caught up with everybody. Every time I turn around, I see like Sam from Uncharted Woodworks and I saw Fa from Touch My Woodworks and we started getting caught up with everybody and uh, it was my birthday. So we wanted to go to dinner. This was a whole dinner theme for the weekend because it was also Joey's wife's, Claire's birthday. So the plan was for the four of us to go to dinner, but her girlfriends kidnapped her. So it was just Kimmy and Joey and I went out for dinner on Thursday night with his daughter. And then the next night, Friday night, it was Claire and his daughter and Joey and I and Jonathan Erickson from Zero Dark Thirty. We went out to dinner. Because my wife was out to dinner with her girlfriend. So finally Saturday, when, after the conference was over, we called them on the way home. And they're both just knocked out and don't want to go out to dinner. So we ordered Chinese and we picked it up on the way in. But uh, <laughs> So we never actually made the four of us go out to dinner. Never made it. But uh, I, I signed up for a bunch of classes that were so cool. Uh, I got to see, I introduced myself to Bob Claggett from I Like to Make Stuff. Hi, I'm Bob. And I'm I like Bob to make and stuff. I like to make stuff. Love he that was, guy. He spoke I need on, to... I need to build like the Minecraft torch that he did because my kids, my son's super okay. into Minecraft. He's awesome. He spoke. Uh, he was the keynote speaker Saturday morning as we were breakfast from eight to ten, and at ten o'clock the keynote speaker. So he spoke Saturday morning. He was so cool. Uh, I met Izzy Swan. You fucking kidding me? And I went up and t- I sat in one of his classes and I talked to him for a few minutes. Him and his girlfriend or his wife. So cool. He told. Uh, a story that he hasn't told many people, I guess, about when he was growing up. His first of all, his mind's always going, you know, nonstop. That's why he he makes these crazy things, and he's got an engineering background. But when he was a kid, he's from the UP. His dad built their. I'm not going to say a house. It was a shed in the UP, out of the part of the tree that doesn't get used for woodworking. Um, hmm. What's it called? Starts with the C. I don't know. Anyways, the crap. part you, you chop off, you can't use it because it like warps. Yeah, the crap. His dad um, used them, took those pieces with brick mortar, built a shed in the middle of the UP that they all lived in with no power. And he had now, to. Would UP stand for Upper Peninsula? I'm sorry, the Upper Peninsula. Michigan? Yes. Not everybody understands that. I know, that it's just bullshit. Midwestern people do, I forget. So not the, even Midwestern people, the upper Midwest. No, no, everyone here in Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, we all know what the UP is. Yeah, the upper Midwest. Okay. Uh, is there another? Motherfuckers in Oklahoma know don't know what you're talking about, dude. 
They're not in the Midwest. They're in the South. Okay. Why do I do Dude. Show? So I, I met Izzy, <laughs> and then I seen Jason Bent, and I'm like, Jason. Um, I started talking to Jason Bent when I was the Midnight Handyman. You know, we connected on Instagram many years ago before his channel blew up. So I uh, introduced myself and asked him, uh, he said, don't you used to be the midnight handyman? I'm like, yeah, that was me. But uh, he's like, and then you, I said, then we stopped chatting. He goes, yeah, because you stopped, you stopped talking to me. <laughs> I go, no, I didn't. <laughs> I just, no. What? So I meant to get, I gave him our podcast sticker, told him about the podcast. So, so you ghosted Jason Bent? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I ghosted That's how Jason. you need to present that. That's a weird flex. Yeah. I told him about the podcast one, and told him that, you know, coffee was on our podcast and Bob was on our podcast, you know, a couple other people. So um, I want to reach out back to him again and see if he'll come on. I'm sure he will. Um, well, yeah, because he's got a fake feud going with Mike. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, could, we could further stoke that. Then I saw, I met Brad Rodriguez, fix this, build that. Fantastic dude. His closet insert plans there you are go. in this closet. Cool dude. Dude, every heavy hitter was there. So then one of the days, I, Joey and I went to get lunch in between classes. Did you meet Malecki? I'm getting to this. So, oh, son of a bitch. I didn't meet him, but check this out. Yeah. Okay. We're walking around looking for a place to sit down with our food. All the tables are filled up, and I found one table that had four people at the table. And one of them looked really familiar. Then this kid looked pretty familiar, and then two people I don't know who they were. So I said, hey, man, can we sit here? Yeah, sit down. So we start talking, and then um, somehow, law I think I was wearing my law enforcement wristband, the blue line, thin blue line, and the mm -hmm. kid noticed it. And uh, he's like, uh, what do you guys do? I said, well, I'm a police officer, but I do some woodworking. And he's like, oh, man, I really appreciate what you guys do, law enforcement. And he, he was totally cool about that. And then uh, somehow we got talking about football teams. I don't know how, but he said he was a Steelers fan, but not by choice. And I go, what do you mean? He's like, well, my boss is a former Pittsburgh Steeler. I go, you work for Malecki? You said as a, you said as a kid? Yeah, well, he's a younger guy. Yeah. Damn it, Jordan. Yeah. And so <laughs> People who watch Malecki's channel will right. get that joke. He's, he's the camera guy, and he's also been on camera doing all kinds of stuff with him. Yeah, he's like his CNC guy. Right. He tells me, he was telling me a story. He goes, he loves working for him. But it's a challenge every fucking day because Malecki never finishes sentences. He's got to try and guess what the guy <laughs> wants to say. And they're always running in like 900 directions. So the other guy is sitting at the table. I'm like, I'm looking at him. I said to him, you look kind of familiar to me. He goes, yeah, I get that. And I go, well, I'm a cop, so I might have seen your face on a wanted poster. And he laughed. And then I went to get a churro for dessert. And then it came back and it hit me. It was Paul Jackman <laughs> from Jackman Works. <laughs> I'm like... Paul, I'm just kidding. I know who you are. And then that kid from Malecki's crew goes, he doesn't, Paul. He went over there and asked that guy who he was sitting with at the table. <laughs> so uh, we talked with them for a while. Really cool dudes. And uh, I learned the classes I took, I did one for a video school, and it was taught by this guy, Joe, who has a website called Joe Jacks. I guess his daughter's name is Jacqueline, so it's a combination of the names. Oh, that's cool. This guy used to be in TV as a camera guy and stuff. He, his class was amazing on how to film stuff properly, times, how long your segments should be, 
He's like, I don't need to see you pulling a piece of wood off your wood rack. We've seen your wood rack. You know, all this other stuff. He's also a woodworker. His class was, it's like 18 hours of stuff he crammed into two hours. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. <laughs> and then he sent us a link for, so we can access the video forever. He sent us a work back, work oh, that's awesome. link. Yeah, so that was cool. And then I took a class called Monetizing Social Media Platforms. And it was with Tricia and Zach from TFT Wood. And they uh, taught how to do advertisement, how to buy advertisement and stuff for your channel or your Instagram, your website, what not to do with Facebook ads, where to, how to allocate your monies. And then they also, I emailed her tonight, Tricia, she sent me back the uh, email, the PowerPoint presentation so I can keep it and kind of work through it, you know, when I want to start doing some ad stuff. And then one of the, fun, the most fun class I took was called Laser Cut and Engrave Everything. And it's with John Koipoff. I found, first of all, he's already following me when I, <laughs> when I got there. He knew who I was, which was kind of funny. That's um, awesome. Yeah. His class, he's like Robin Williams on speed with ADD. He's like, starts telling you about something and runs over here and grabs something. Oh, I forgot. Then he tells us, he was talking about the Glowforge and he brought all this cool shit. And this is this W on my hat. We made it with, he made all the parts. And he threw them out on the table, and we were all putting shit. It was like an art class. We're all building the W and putting everything together. He was awesome. So that was fun. There were uh, six classes, so, th you know, three a day. Uh, what I was did, his name? His name is John. Hold on, where's it? Oh. Koipoff. It's K-U-I-P-H-O-F-F. -F. Huh. King Union Ida Paul Henry Ocean Frank Frank. Uh, Jonathan Katz I'm, Moses I'm was like there too. Checking to make sure that I'm following people as you're saying. Yeah, their yeah. Names. Uh, I already follow Jackman and Jordan. Yeah, of course. Uh, getting started on social media, build and grow. That was done by John from Lincoln Street. He's got a YouTube channel. Okay, yeah, I like uh, his stuff. Apparently, he's got 13 videos and over a hundred and something thousand subscribers with only 13. Yeah, videos. his his channel like just. Yeah, he just I I guess it's nowhere. Like it trademark is cannon. no bullshit. Kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So um he taught that class. That was cool. He's a pretty cool dude. Uh and then defining your visual style. I did that with Blake from the Weber workshop. He's got a pretty good YouTube channel. He's just uh, over up the road in uh, Santa Cruz. Okay. He's a very cool guy. From what I understand, firefighter. Yes. So, yeah, you know, we don't hold that yeah. against him, but yeah. Right. It's okay. And then I took the Izzy Swan class, um, just because it's Izzy Swan. Yeah. And that was and that that one was funny because he didn't have anything prepared. So and it was what was he cool. He just got up there and riffed. Yeah. <laughs> and what was cool was you'd see like Jason would pop into some of these classes. He knows all these guys, so he'd be sitting in the back. He actually went to the one of the video classes as a as a student. Like a student. Not, yeah, he would pop in the other ones, but he actually came to attend the uh, Jack Joe Jack one because that guy's amazing. Uh, so, very cool, man. I I couldn't wait to go back like the next day. And what was really cool is Jonathan Erickson and I have been talking back and forth for a couple of years, and I won a giveaway from him, and he sent me like two cutting boards. Shit, I don't know, two years ago. One of them's a small one that he 
made with scraps. And then he gave me one that I told him could murder somebody because I swear <laughs> to God, it's like two and a half inches thick. It's fucking huge. My wife won't pull it out. She, it's, it's under a, a, a door in a cabinet in the kitchen. And I asked him, I said, I want to practice on that murder board you gave me. I want to put, do the side handles on it and put a juice groove on it, you know, just so you know if I start butchering your board, it's because it's too heavy to use unless someone breaks into my house. So we hung out the whole weekend, and he invited me down to Alabama to see his shop and hang, stay at his house for a couple of days, so I'm going to go down there this summer and spend about four days in his shop and just do some shop stuff and uh, learn how to do cutting boards better from him. And then while I was... Uh, walking around and me and Steve Clyde were hanging out and Matt Voltner over by the surf prep guys. Surf prep was there. They had a booth and the owner of surf prep, Skylar and her, his daughter, Hannah were there. So the guys introduced me to, to Skylar and Hannah and uh, I told Skylar about the podcast. He's going to immediately wants to listen. Uh, he's got some friends that are cops. He's a f- huge fan of police officers. And then uh, he invited me up to Northern California and stay at his house, bring the wife. Uh, great people, man. I just can't say enough about this community. From all the shit that we see, dude, at work. Yeah. I mean, well, we talked about a, you know, two small kids being sexually assaulted, and then three kids under the age of fifteen being murdered by their own father. Right. And then that's. I think that's why we love this. Like. Just speaking for the two of us, yeah. that's why we love this community so much, is that it's the good side of the world. And speaking of surf prep, I haven't talked nearly enough about this, but Mike Coffee sold his. To I you. I bought it. Yeah. He sold it to me. I bought it. It's mine. It's in my shop. It's my go-to sander now. It's the best sander I've ever had. Uh, made in USA. Very nice. Uh so I've never, I haven't had a chance to throw on one of the foam pads until today. When I was building the beer caddy, I took okay. like a one by two, rounded over all the edges, so it made a really nice, really comfortable uh, handle. Well, it needed to be sanded, and I didn't want to screw up the round over, so I threw on one of those foam pads, and holy shit! Now, do you have the four by three sander? Yeah, Not the, I got the three by the three okay. by four electric yeah. ray, and that thing is a. Butte Clark. Wait till you see what's well, I coming. Mean, real nice. Nice. So they are I absolutely love that sander, and that will be Surf Prep is going to be the only sanders that I buy going forward. Like as I'm sure the Mercas are wonderful. No, I don't want it. I want I want more surf prep. Well, there's something else surf prep you're gonna want too, because it's coming out. What? what is it? What is it? What is it? Their what own self contained vacuum system. Dude. Yes, they had. The I'm going to be so poor. They, I know. They had the two <laughs> vacuums or the two, um, you know, sanders hooked up to it. Mm-hmm. You can't hear it. It's right next to you. Literally, it was. I don't even know. 18 inches from me when I was running the sander, and you can't hear it. It goes on when you push the button with the sander, automatically turns on. It's got the HEPA filter, dude. It's like the. It looks like the same model type as the Festool one or the Merca one. You know. Mm-hmm. It's that type of like square, yeah. wheeled thing. Uh, right now, they're stuck in Italy, they're waiting to get on a container to be shipped. I here. will, I will swim them over. So, and the price point is really good. So, hey, uh, uh, Skylar, if if you need somebody to, you know, like test it out, you know, I'm available. 
Want me to text him right now? Because he called me and I, I have his phone number. I can just text him for you and ask him. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing. California, law enforcement. I'll, I'll I, drive up to him. I don't care. I'll, I want to get him on the show. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, so I talked to him about I, it. I, th- I think it would be fantastic if this was the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast brought to you by Surf Prep. Yeah. Just saying. I would like that too because I, I think that'd be fantastic. it ends up Hannah's the one that handles the, uh, the sponsorship stuff, so I got to talk to her about That's it. That's perfect because my daughter's name is Hannah, my oldest daughter. There you go. It's like is a, it Hannah with two H's or Hannah with one H? I didn't spell it. I don't know. But dude, come on, Mike. We'll find out. Um, so I got nothing but spectacular things to say. I you just said they're up in Northern California. I thought they were down in SoCal. He's in Northern California. He's like where all the conservatives are. So he told me. <laughs> he's oh, got so a killer, he's way north. He's got a killer tan too. <laughs> um, so he's like up in the woods. Maybe, but uh, oh, man, yeah, he loves guns, and you know, one of the girls walking by from whatever her page is, we started talking and she was showing Skylar and I video of her husband as a competitive shooter. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh man. He's like, then he's showing us pictures of his daughter shooting, Hannah shooting. They're all gun nuts. So it's fantastic, man. Here's the drawback. I would go to workbench con. If there were no classes, I'd still go and everyone just fucking stands around in the circle of the room because Dude, can we just like get together. Like, we were a, interrupted by classes, a, a massive maker meetup. <laughs> yeah. So you meet in the morning, you go to a class, you get a two-hour lunch, and then you can mix with the sponsors and stuff, yeah. and then class, class, and then drinks afterwards. So like I said, Joey and I left every evening, but next year I'm staying just to have fun at the bar. I, apparently some guys got kicked out of the bar in the hotel so that, on Friday night. So Saturday while we were eating, uh, the w- woman that was running it said that the hotel agreed that they would let the bar and the main ballroom be open all night. And she said, but they would, they would close it. The hotel wanted to like close it at midnight, but they were going to just keep it open anyways. So I, I don't know how people survived going into Sunday because I was gone. But uh, I mean, I was watching a lot of the stories from people there. And come Sunday, people were looking rough. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it, it looked like people who had been to Vegas for a weekend. Pretty much. So the worst thing about leaving on Sunday was the fucking airport at Atlanta. Yeah. So you've teased this all over Instagram. I mean, you even have workbench cons. I know page. So they, for, they, for the one they they're still around. So tell them what happened. What happened at the Atlanta airport that has you in. So I was huffy. Oh my God. I don't know how they hire these fucking people, but first of all, I, I texted, texted drew. Okay. I'm going to say it, but you know, I'm going to clarify this by saying everything moves slower in the South. That's a fact. People are more laid back. Things move slower. Uh, I texted Drew at 530 in the morning, his time, so 630 in Atlanta, and uh, just telling him I'm coming in. I need a ride. I need a squad to pick me up at the airport. So he's like, all right. He goes, are you one of those dads that gets to the airport a zillion hours before the plane leaves? And I said, yes. But in this case, we weren't going to leave the house till 730, get there at 8. We don't have to board till like 948. So an hour and 48 minutes we'd have, right? We get there at like, I don't know, 810. And wonderful Uber driver. Guy was fantastic. And I'm standing outside. There's some luggage check-in thing, and we're just standing there. 
waiting to check in. And Kim's like, why don't we just go inside? We go inside. It's a fucking madhouse in there. We walk in. We're going towards the gates. There's a guy standing on my left with where all these people are going in. And I, and it's fucking packed. And I said, is this the pre-check? Because I, I don't see any pre-check signs anywhere. TSA pre-check. And he goes, no, it's all the same. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not all the same. He goes, if you want pre-check, go that way. And he points to the right. I'm like, okay. He goes, you're going to end up back here. Something bullshit like that. And I go, oh. So we start walking. There's like ropes up, you know, or that divider. Yeah, little stanchions. And there's a sign. So I walk like, I don't know, 50 yards. Then there's a sign that say, enter here. I enter there. I walk right back to the same fucking guy. <laughs> I go. He, he did try to tell you. I'm like, where's the pre-check? He's like, he didn't say. The second guy walked up. I walked past the first idiot, and I go to the second guy inside. Please direct me towards the pre-check. He goes, go all the way down that way and make a left when you can't go any further. I'm like, okay. Are we, it literally took, I don't know, 20 minutes to walk all the way down this fucking corridor. I could see through. There was a wall on the left with glass. And on the other side, you could see the other side of the airport. We ended up on that other side, eventually, coming back this fucking way to get to the TSA pre-check. So we finally, as soon as we walked in, this has got to be the busiest TSA line I've ever seen. I've never stood in line for TSA pre-check. And this was the whole fucking thing, like line after line after line. It, we got through pre-check, and then we had to go to the, where they put your shit in the scanning thing. The x-ray machine? The x-ray machine. The scanny thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so pissed. I don't wear a belt. I don't wear don't have coins on my pockets. I don't How do you keep your pants up? I travel quite a bit. I know what I'm doing. We get through where they look at your picture and you pull down your face and whatever mask and show your face. You pull down your face? Pull down your face. How do you pull the, pull down your face? Do it. Do it right now. <laughs> and uh So Kim and I go in the same line by the scanny thing. It looks like a turbine jet engine. Yeah. I've never seen this it, type before. You where you stand there like this, and he goes. No, no, the actual thing that scans your luggage, is, uh, looks like a turbine jet. Oh, it looks and like it, an iron lung. It's fed by an automatic roller system. Okay, so picture yeah. a conveyor belt. There's four sections where an adult will walk up. You grab a plastic tray from underneath, and you can stand next to each other. Four people. You pull this huge tray up, put it on top, throw your shit in it. One for your coat, one for your carry-on. And then they sit with a gate in front of them. And then eventually, gate drops, your bin slides forward, and then someone else comes up and puts a bin behind it. There is at least 14 bins just fucking sitting there. Nothing's moving. And the idiot that's working there, the TSA guy, where's Maria? We, get, we, can't, we get, can't start. We got to wait for Marianne or whatever the fuck her name was. It started with an M. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. We're just standing there. Someone's on break. I said to the woman in front of me, apparently they didn't think people were coming to the airport today. And she goes, I hate fucking flying out of Atlanta. She goes, I live here. This is the worst airport in the world. <laughs> she goes, I, there's an old lady. She goes, I go through this shit every time I come here. So finally, after like 
six minutes of just standing there. No one could go anywhere. Finally, some other chick comes over and decides to help. And then the belt starts moving. And the guy says to Kim, all right, step up. He's like yelling. So Kim goes up and puts her bin up there. And she goes to walk away to go to the fucking scanny thing that scans the person. And he goes, you can't go yet. She's like, what do you mean? You have to stay there until your bin goes. So she's just standing there. And the bins aren't moving. Then finally one bin drops. Thing slides forward. Not hers. Like two doors over. Then I walk over, put my shit up there, and then we're both standing there. Another five minutes goes by before shit starts moving. Then it's my turn to walk through the scanner. There's two. There's one, like you said, where you put your arms up like you scored a touchdown. And it goes around you. And then there's the one standard square one. There's no one directing you where to go. So I just picked one. I you go the towards wrong one, the, didn't you? I, <laughs> yes, I picked the one near the cylinder, sil, whatever the fuck it's called, cylinder one. Do you want to do the fancy one where you go? Yeah, and, and the guy goes, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "You fucking tell me. I don't know where I'm going." Walk through. I didn't so know I, I was going to have to do your job too. Right. I walk through the regular one. Beep. He goes, "Go back through. Do you have anything on you that's metal?" No. I know how to fly. Walk through. Beep. He goes, go through a third time. Go through a third time. Beep. I go, listen, I got a credit card in my pocket. I show him the credit card. He goes, all right, that shouldn't set it off. He goes, take off your hat. I take off my hat. He goes, all right, well, nothing's on your hat. I need you to go in the round one now. So now I got to go in the fucking round one that I was going through in the first place. <laughs> I stand there, put my hands up. Kim's just done. She's just waiting for me. So after your luggage goes through there, if they think something's suspicious, there's like a railroad thing that slides a piece of yeah. luggage over, and then it goes to another worker. Guess where my luggage went? To the right other to, guy. Oh, yeah, right to her. I've just got a backpack i got to carry on. So I see that happen. I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. I tell Kim, I'm going to be a while. She's like, okay. So then the girl has to, here's how they move. I'm in slow motion. So for, the audio, yeah. for the audio <laughs> listeners. If you've ever seen the, uh, what's the Disney movie? Zootopia. The sloth at the DMV. That's what Mike's doing. Yeah. So she takes forever. I finally, she's finally making her way towards my bag. And I walk up to the counter and just stand there all pissed off. And she's like, do you have anything dangerous in here? I'm like, if I did, I wasn't going to tell you. No. Just my double-sided dildo. So she's pulling shit out of my backpack. And whatever. So then we get through there. And now we've got 10 minutes till our board planes. Our plane boards. 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm fucking fuming. We get to I the can gate. Tell. You First, look visibly pissed off yeah. right now just recounting the story. We haven't eaten yet. Did I tell you that? You did not mention that. We were going to get breakfast. You didn't send Kim to go get food while you were dealing with We were going to get breakfast bullshit. at the airport. So, you should have just told her to go get food while you were dealing with with Senora Sally Slowpoke. Pants. Yeah. yeah, that's a better one. <laughs> so we see a Einstein bagels, I think, or whatever it is. And I'm, I want I know. an egg bagel sandwich with ham or bacon or some fucking shit I can shove down my throat. And the line has got to be 50 people deep. So that's out. Yeah, so then hard no. She sees something that says, like, Buffalo Wild Wings that's upstairs. Now it's it's morning time. Wings beer sports. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm above pissed off. She's like rubbing my stomach trying to get me to calm down. 
just like, take it easy. Take it. Mike's just sitting there going, lower. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to calm me down right now. Lower. We end up, Buffalo Wild Wings doesn't work. We we have to go. I find a Chipotle. I'm like, fuck it. It's early, but I'm going to get Chipotle. I wanted coffee and a fucking bagel. I'll get Chipotle. So I get in the line for Chipotle. It's like 10 deep. She's like, I don't want Chipotle. So she goes past our gate, way past our gate. And then she calls me. She's like, there's a coffee place down here. They've got muffins and bagels and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm coming down by you. So I leave my spot, walk way down. It's past our gate, walk down by her. Now we got like seven minutes before they start boarding. And there's got to be 10 people in line. And there's two people working the counter. One's an older black lady who moves like she's an older black lady from the South. Very nice, polite, slow moving. She's like making coffee when the orders come in, otherwise not doing anything. And the other one's a young girl who knows how to ring stuff up and yell towards the, other, the older woman. But after she gives an order, she doesn't know how to help and do anything else until she has to go take a shit and she leaves. Now there's one person. How, well, hold on, I have a question. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, <laughs> raising your how, hand. How do we know she had to take a shit? She left. She just left. Okay. She left. We're, okay. I'm, I'm on board with... She came back oh, later. I was, I was wondering if maybe she's like, man, I had to take a shit. She probably had to take a shit because she left. That like would be fantastic. Eight to 12 minutes, she was gone. And then the That's poor long shit. older black lady's like, hold on. She's like the coffee pot thing. And then she's like, all right, everybody just hold on. And she's making one drink. Then she's got to walk over and ask somebody what they want. And then the woman in front of me who's from Oak Park, which is near the city out here, she orders something. The woman screws it up. The girl had already paid with her credit card, but as she's walking away, the woman goes, oh, I'm sorry, your card didn't take. We've already placed our order. She's putting our order in. Here's my order. Kim wants a coffee. I got a water. I want a cranberry orange muffin. She wants, Kim wants a banana nut muffin. Both muffins not toasted, and I want a piece of banana bread. We get two toasted banana nut muffins, a piece of lemon poppy seed bread, and we ended up paying for the woman who was in front of us because when she took her card and the woman said, your charge didn't go through, and then she came back, I'm like, just fucking put it on mine. I got to go catch a fucking plane. So that woman's like, you sure you want to pay for mine? Just go. We got to pay. We got to get on the plane. So the woman who we paid for, she leaves. We're still waiting for our shit. They don't put any cream in Kim's coffee, so she's got to grab all that shit. As we're walking back to the air, to our gate, the woman that we paid for comes running back. She's like, they forgot my cream cheese. And she's running. To, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Who's running this airport? It was horrible. Don't fly to Atlanta. Swear to God. Drive. Yeah, great. Drive to Atlanta. Don't fly to Atlanta at all. Don't go through the airport if you can help it. It's horrible. For any reason. For any reason. If you're still with Jeez. us, I think that's the lesson of the day. Oh, man. Workbench Con 2023. Can't wait. Oh, man. Except when I have to leave because that's going to suck. Maybe I can take a Greyhound. Won't be so bad. Maybe you could. I mean, maybe you could just go to a, like a different airport that's close uh, by, like the next closest airport. Maybe. Oh, and one other thing. There's a place around the stadium that where the Braves play called the Battery. And there's nothing but bars and restaurants. It's so cool. We walked around there. I uh, got to see all that stuff. So it's going to be great when you come out next year because we're going to have a blast, dude. 
That's going to be fun times. You've been invited to stay at, you know, the Mayberry Suites as well. Which, Joey's house, every bedroom has a bathroom. Oh, that's amazing. It's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> the drawback that's was great. we didn't get to do any, we didn't get any shop time. I was in his shop. We didn't get to make anything or do anything. But yeah, every, every. I'd say it still worked out pretty well for you. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. We had such a good time, and Joey and his wife, Claire, and his daughter, Caroline, is so great, and um, meeting all the big wigs, you know, people that are just genuine people, no matter what their status, they sat and talked. It was so cool. Yeah, so I can't wait for you to join us next year. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We will get you there, even if I have to buy $9,000 worth of shirts from you. <laughs> no. Oh, speaking of spending money, if anybody still hasn't, it's going to be Wednesday when this comes out. You'll have two more days to um, to donate to my St. Baldrick's fundraiser, which there'll be a link in the description of the podcast uh, description and the video on YouTube. Uh, feel free to go ahead and donate some of your hard-earned money to save a kid's life. And if you do, I will uh, put your name in a drawing for a gift, of course, of anything that you want, a flag or custom-made sign like the one I made for Brandon of his 49ers. Uh, you'll be eligible to win something like that. So, And I'm going to sweeten the deal a little bit more. I mentioned it in the Instagram Live. You donate $50. The charity gets the 50 bucks. So you pay the processing fee of a buck ten. All right? Just a little screenshot of the little thank you email saying, hey, you just helped save a kid's life. You send that to me in a DM or something like that, I'm going to send you a 25% off coupon to the Etsy store. $100 donation same thing pay the processing fee send me a little screenshot saying you did it 20 ounce tumbler on me with whatever you want on there that's awesome thank you very much brandon and thank you for your donation too it was very nice of you so that's all i got man i'm exhausted winner i'm gonna have you make a cowboy sign and then i'm gonna (laughs) burn it no you can't do that that, it's mine i do what i want that might be the worst thing anyone could ever do to me you know how hard it is to make those things oh i can only imagine holy jeez speaking of your sign i told you i'm doing the video right now it'll be up on youtube probably in a couple two weeks or so um i shot five hours of video on that and i'm a lot of video yeah so i'm finally editing it together so i can't wait and i have your opening of the gift because you recorded yourself opening it because you had no idea what it was. So that's going to be a Did you get the video. photo I sent you too of how the UPS guy left it? No. Okay. No. Oh, jeez. Okay, so I'll send the picture to you. Maybe you okay. can throw that in there. Yeah. But you know how you wrote on there, like, do not set on top, and then right. you actually wrote top? Right. That's exactly if how it was. <laughs> with the, it was oh. sitting on the top. <laughs> really? I gotta find the picture and then I'll send it to you. But all right, I don't think I, I saw I've that. seen that, but unless you sent I it on saw Instagram, it and I laughed hysterically. No, I think I sent it in a text. Okay. But oh yeah, wait, I saw now that, here it is. And I look. Um, <laughs> I think do I, said not I said rest idiots. on top. Well, it, it's not. It's okay because it, that's the top of the box. So it's, it's standing rest on top, and then top, and then well, it's standing it's up. Uh, like on the edge, which is okay. I didn't want someone to rest something on that top. That's the top of it. Oh, on that surface. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's okay. That's a, he did a good job. Let's not okay. vilify the Annie, UPS. Annie and I saw that and we started laughing. Like you put shit. idiots <laughs> in the text. Idiots. You put idiots. That's hilarious. 
Uh, Apparently, okay. I'm the idiot. So much fun. Look at <laughs> oh, I just came across this picture of me in April again. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Oh, good for you. Fun for you. She's got so many followers. I, I, I messaged her on Instagram, but probably she's got someone that does it for her. So I would like to ask her to be on the show. I doubt she'll even get the message. I'm going to try. You could, you could have asked her live and in person. I know. I felt like I was... When I met Ryan Sandberg on the streets of Chicago, that's how giddy I was when I met her. I just felt giddy, and I you know, didn't want to push my luck. So, Whatever. Shoot your shot, man. Shoot or shoot. Yeah, I know. Hey, you miss every shot you don't take. Right? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's true. Yeah. So the, the big conversation was, which I need to have a conversation with someone else in the house, um, since I have like 24 shifts left. Yeah. After this conference, I want to tell you that um, my belief in the fact that I could make my woodworking thing work, I could be successful just doing the woodworking portion. And I could just retire, retire, and just do woodworking. I'm confident that I could do it after talking to so many of these people who have done it. You know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. talking about having a big YouTube channel. I'm just talking about just doing the woodworking part. That's all. I just want to do the woodworking, and I think I plus I, you know, I'll be getting in my pension, so that helps. Um, I have to gather up the courage to have that conversation so wish me luck because i only have like eight weeks to have it so you'll ah, be fine <laughs> just say hey i can make this i can make this thing imagine how much more time i could dedicate to it i, I know i people have asked me i'm like i could do all kinds of stuff in the shop if i didn't have to work every day but whatever. Yeah. Imagine that being your work. Right. I would spend 10 to 12 hours a day down in the shop working. So, And think about how much you would get done not being absolutely exhausted. Yeah. So so pray know. for me because I might have that conversation soon. If I'm not on the air next week, <laughs> something happens. Get her drunk. Get her drunk. Does that work? I don't know. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. It's All supposed right. to lower inhibitions and... Okay, we'll see how that works. Or just um, keep asking her, you know, six no's and a yes is a yes. <laughs> yeah, right. And once again, going back to you miss every shot you don't take. So, yeah. the heck. Shoot uh, or shoot. All right, so uh, don't forget to like. Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading your parts. Um, thanks for God listening. damn it, Mike. You do this all the fucking time, man. Thanks, Brandon. I'm so excited that I, we actually got to do the show today. It's long, but I, it felt good. It's very long. Remember, I'm new episodes tired. of The Handcuffs and Sawdust. Up. Podcasts are released every Wednesday on all your favorite podcast platforms. Tuesdays for the and pre-show. For, and for those of you watching on the YouTube, subscribe, please. Please, get me to work, BenchCon. Imagine the show if we both go. All right? Imagine Dude. that show. That's going to be a, a, a spectacular thing. I will so bring send the your voice recorded equipment. Send your voice-recorded questions to handcuffsandsawdustpodcast at gmail.com. DM Mike. DM me. If you don't know the Instagram pages already, I don't know what the hell you're doing here. All right. I still
often don't hear the outro music, but I trust it's playing because Mike is bobbing his head. There it is. I hear it. Now it's gone. I don't know what to do with my hands. Peace! Deuces! I think we have to go back to the other song. <laughs> you might have to do that. Well, I never hear the outro anyways. I don't know why, man. That's weird. It's so weird.